MMR's President Seed Podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets. Fresh food, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show Podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's News Updates with Kathy Romano. All right, as I said, Kathy's out today. I'll be handling the duties. It is the 18th day of May. Good morning. We'll start with this. An inmate who escaped the Philadelphia Industrial Correctional Center on May 7th made it all the way to New York City and back before he was captured on Wednesday morning. 18-year-old Amin Hurst is accused of committing four murders. He had been on the run since his escape but was taken into custody in southwest Philadelphia. During a news conference, Supervisory Deputy U.S. Marshal Robert Clark said that they were contacted by Hearst's family Tuesday evening. (laughs) Marshal said a midnight deadline was put in place for a surrender, but the deadline came and went. Two more deadlines passed in the overnight hours into Wednesday morning. Clark said the marshals had several locations under surveillance. Hearst came out from one of the locations and went to get into a vehicle with his mother and brother inside. Sources say that the mother was behind the wheel. Hearst was taken into custody without incident. Meanwhile, Hearst's brother, 24-year-old Amir Woods, was also arrested. Now, Woods is facing a number of charges, including criminal conspiracy, hindering apprehension, escape, and related offenses. 24-year-old Nasir Grant was also able to escape from the facility with Hearst, but was captured last week. Three people are facing charges in connection with the escape, and that would be 21-year-old Michael Abrams, 35-year-old Jose Flores Huerta, and 21-year-old Johnny Stalling. Uh, Abrams was arrested uh, in uh, Berwyn and Chester County. Uh, Documents reveal that Hearst allegedly made two phone calls to Stalling planning their escape and making their arrangements. 6ABC reported that an Uber account using the first name of Gianni was used to make arrangements for Hearst and Grant. That's wild. Sources say Hearst called Michael Abrams and went with him and his brother to New York City, and they made it there before the authorities knew that they were missing. Authorities believe that Hearst stayed in New York City and Woods and Abrams returned to the Philadelphia area. Hearst arrived back in Philadelphia either last Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. Authorities say the inmates had cut a hole in the fence at the prison around 8.30 p.m. Sunday, May 7th, and the prison didn't become aware the inmates were missing until about 3 p.m., Monday, May 8th. But uh, that has come to a close. Yeah, finally. I'm glad they got him. A man is fighting for his life after he was shot while using an ATM in Philadelphia. It happened around 9 p.m. Wednesday on the 6400 block of Roosevelt Boulevard in the city's Mayfair section. Police say a 49-year-old man was using the ATM when he was shot one time in the chest. The man was able to get to his Mercedes where officers found him semi-conscious. The victim was taken to an area hospital where police say he's listed in critical condition. And according to Philadelphia Police Inspector Chief Scott, or Chief Inspector Scott Small, uh, the motive for the shooting may be robbery. No arrests have been made. Anyone with information is asked to call police at 215-686-TIPS. And then finally, a popular spa and salon chain abruptly closed its doors leaving customers with hundreds, even thousands of dollars worth of gift cards. The Topper's Spa, Martin, New Jersey, yep, and in Dover, (laughs) Delaware. Ah. I have many of those gift cards. Oh, wow. Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, we'll see. So the Topper's Spa, Marlton, New Jersey, and in Dover, Delaware, closed on April 28th, just three days after sending customers email promotions to buy gift cards. And now customers are irate. 
They say an email was sent on April 25th to buy cards and then closed three days later. On Facebook, other Toppers customers have posted that they have gift cards worth $600, $800, and even $2,000. There you go. In its heyday, Toppers had five locations, but the company's owner, Richard uh, Cavini, who founded the chain in 1981, said by phone on Wednesday that the industry has changed. He said consumers no longer wanted the day spa experience. There was also a shortage of nail technicians, and he says both massage therapists and hairdressers preferred to work independently instead of as employees. He says on top of these challenges, COVID put the knife in our back, forcing the uh, Newtown Bucks County location to close in 2020. Then the Rittenhouse location closed in 2021. Devon closed in 2022. And then just weeks ago, the spas in Dover and Marlton closed their doors, informing its employees the night before it shut down. Topper's owner said the situation was exacerbated by the CEO and president suffering a medical condition and being hospitalized. He said he's still recovering, but that they will meet with the company's attorney and accountant this Friday to figure out the next steps. Uh, that includes possible bankruptcy filing and issues with gift cards, officials say. So if there's a bankruptcy <laughs> declaration, would that make get them off the hook for having to... Maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. know the legalities, but it sounds like it, it right? It does. Uh, the company released a statement that read, in part, we exhausted every option at our disposal to navigate the extremely difficult struggle, including but not limited to external financing, additional bank loans, and employee cash loans. And the company has retained a... Uh, most competent accounting and legal team to help facilitate the closure and address the gift card balances as well. So they say they're going to address that. Look, we've been massaged enough here in this studio to think that I we could probably do it pretty well. Yeah. If you do have any gift cards, let us know and we'll see what we could work out. Oh, we're going to make yeah, it on we'll those four toppers? Of, yeah. <laughs> right here. Maybe our friends at Joseph Anthony will take them over. Yeah, it's actually yeah, when they close their center city location is when I learned about Joseph Anthony opening in the city. And, the, and yeah, that's right, where close, I've been going yeah. since. Yeah. And they're saying people don't want to do a day spa. I don't believe that. Like uh, the full day the experience f- thing? Yeah. Maybe not as many anymore. I don't really know. Uh. We'll see. All right. In sports this morning. <laughs> And the Phillies lost their fourth straight game. Pulling 7-4 to the Giants last night in San Francisco. Uh, Tyro Estrada hit a tie-breaking RBI single as part of a three-run eighth inning, and the Giants completed a three-game sweep. Uh, the Phils are off today before returning home to open up a weekend series against the Chicago Cubs tomorrow night. Uh, the Union and D.C. United played to a scoreless draw last night at Subaru Park. Andrew Blake made, or Andre Blake made three saves to help the Union earn a point in the MLS standings. The Union are at home again this weekend, and they're going to host the New England Revolution on Saturday night, and the match will begin at 7.30. In the NBA, Jimmy Butler scored 35 points, including 20 after halftime, and the Miami Heat rallied in the second half to beat the Celtics 123-116 to in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Game 2 is tomorrow night in Boston, and tip-off is at 8.30. And then finally... Western Conference Finals continued tonight in Denver with the Nuggets leading the series against the L.A. Lakers 1-0. Game 2 is tonight. Tip-off in Colorado will be at 8.30. And that is all she wrote, folks. Well done. Thank you very much, Kathy. 
out today, so handling the duties, and thank you to Nick getting my sports. And, and Kathy actually did uh, send me over some news stories last night, and she's working at home. But she said she sounded nasty. We had her on the call yeah. last night. She did. I knew she she was having an earache at the end of the show, and uh, she took off after the show and said, "I got to lay down." And you know, I knew she was sliding. I've never had an earache before. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was my thing. When I was a kid, like, I would wake up in the middle of the night with these horrible earaches. No kidding. Yeah. Is it a sharp pain? Yes. It's, 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 you would call it sharp? Um, I would, oh my gosh, this is so long ago. Um, Yes, I mean, it, I, 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 all I know is I couldn't sleep. You know, okay. like there, there were, I, I, I wasn't a thrower upper, and you know, I, I or didn't, a pooper pantser. Well, listen, I mean, I missed one day of school from kindergarten to eighth grade. Yeah, you have an exemplary record. Yeah, and uh, but you know, like that was the one thing that would that would take me out, and that I would like I would have to go to the doctors and. Yeah, it, but at least I got to go to the treasure chest and the doctor's office after my appointments, and you know, get like a little toy or something like that. <laughs> An inspiring story from Casey Boy this morning on the Preston and Steve show. What's the treasure chest? Oh. It's, just, it's the same thing like at the dentist. You know, the kids' dentist. I never like, had that. You didn't have a treasure Damn chest. All I had is old highlights magazines with connected dots. Hey, listen, they're old. They're toys. Like it's Son of a bitch. like a Happy Meal toy. You know, something that's going to break in a day, but you it know, doesn't matter to a, a child. That doesn't I got matter. I got lost. Lollipops at yeah. the uh, at the doctor's office, and yeah, that was it. I didn't get. I got even nitrate at the proctologist. That oh, was pretty cool. That's a bonus. Um, <laughs> you know, because for me, I used to have uh, my my jaw issue. My my you know my uh, jaw didn't line up. My teeth weren't lining up quite right, and I would get uh, earaches all the time from that. And then that leads to headaches and then impotency. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a chain. It's, it's, it's a no deadly idea. chain. Wow, <laughs> this toy chest is pretty amazing. All right, well, here's what we need to do for today before I tell you what's going on in the program, I want to tell you who the coolest teacher of the year is. Our first school chosen yesterday, Northern Burlington uh, High School in New Jersey. And we got loads of votes, so thank you to all the students at Northern Burlington High School. And I'm ready to announce who we got. All right. We would like to send a heartfelt congratulations to Melissa Murphy. Melissa Murphy is a special education teacher at Northern Burlington High School and has been voted and now nominated, not only nominated for, but inducted into the Preston and Steve Coolest Teacher of the Year Hall of Fame. Special ed teachers usually fare pretty well. Yeah, they do. So congratulations, Ms. Murphy. We are going to take care of you. You win, first of all. The President Steve Coolest yeah. Teacher of the Year coffee mug. That, you got to shove that in the face of all the other teachers. And we're also going to give you a $50 Five Below gift card because this whole thing is sponsored by Five Below. Yay. So if you know Miss Murphy, uh, let her know that uh, we'd like to hear from her yeah. today. Just say hello and uh, congratulate her uh, directly and set her up with the prizes. That means we need to pick a new school. All right, so... Steve's going to get it, or you, Casey? Well, case, it's got to be you. Let's go in order. in line. It's we'll, okay. We'll go uh, counterclockwise. Buddy. All right, buddy. All oh, right. my God. This is such an honor. Thank you, guys. Well, it's kind of the way we've always done it. Are my hands... Oh, I thought my hands were going to be too fat to fit into this. <laughs> no, thing. man. No, I tested out this jar. You Everyone's did? hands Yeah, but fit. my hands are a little bit bigger than yours. All right, here you got pressed. This is the one right here. Okay. <sighs> okay. We're leaving New Jersey, and we are heading to Delaware to... Salesianum School! Salesianum School! Ooh, math 
Cord School, correct? Yep, Matt Cord's alma mater, Sally's. No kidding. In Wilmington, Delaware, yep. All right, uh, Silesianum School in Wilmington, Delaware. Here's what you got to do. You need to text the word TEACHER to 39333. That's all you got to do. And then we'll send you a voting link, and you will know how to... It will let you know how to fill it out and what you need to do to nominate someone for Coolest Teacher of the Year. And then uh, tomorrow morning at this very time, we will reveal who the winner is, and we'll draw another name, and then we'll do voting over the weekend, and it continues uh, until early June. So, uh, Silesianum High School... In Wilmington, Delaware, let them know, let the, let the staff know that your school has been chosen. Tell them what's going on. You can go to PrestonandSteve.com. There's a link to explain it to them if you need to. And let's get those votes in. Excellent. And let's uh, nominate and then award somebody who you deem is necessary to get this. So keep that in mind uh, that it's for students to vote. Right? Yes. That's who we would like to do the voting, students. But the teachers can campaign or do whatever they have to do to ensure victory. By the way, uh, you know who else went to school there? Our buddy, Charlie McDermott. Hey! The actor. We haven't heard from Charlie in a long time. Long time. Thinking about him the other day, I drove past that, uh, I think it's ACAC in uh, Westchester on 202. His family was connected with that. And, uh, yeah, we haven't heard from Charlie in a while. We haven't heard from him again. uh, It's a sports complex, right? Yeah, it's kind of like one of those uh, life, um, what do you call them, Uh, fitness centers. And, yeah, uh, yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of places um, and a whole bunch of things to do in that place. Nice. All right. Well, cool. So, uh, we'll get on that and we'll see if we can get... uh, Someone acknowledged by tomorrow morning. Uh, we have a number of guests who are going to be on the program today. It's a busy day today. Uh, we're going to have Rob Cantrell, who's going to be at uh, Punchline uh, tonight and tomorrow. Oh, no, tonight only, actually. Yes, one night only. Uh, Rob will be joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. We're also going to have the new president of the Philadelphia Flyers, Jonesy. Keith cool. Jones will be joining us. And then we're going to talk to another friend of ours, Glenn Howerton, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Of course, Dennis is who he plays in there. But... Uh, he's in a movie called Blackberry. Steve, you said it's fantastic. I loved it. I okay. really did. It is the story, the little-known story, about the creation of the Blackberry. No kidding. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk to Glenn later on this morning. we got stuff to do in the meantime. We're going to take a quick break, come back in a second, give you something with the stupid question, the entertainment report. Hang out. We'll be back in a moment. Your smart speaker can settle arguments, tell you the weather, and even order stuff. But did you know it can also stream WMMR, ask it to open MMR, and it'll begrudgingly comply. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Window Nation, you feeling the heat, mm, are you? High temps aren't the only thing that are getting you hot under the collar. Wait till you see those energy bills. The solution, call my friends at Window Nation for new energy-efficient windows. And right now you get 50% off any style window. Bows, bays, double-hung sliders, 50% off. Plus zero down, zero payments, and 0% interest for 24 months. And this week only, you can receive an additional 10% off. 866-90NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them we sent you. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
So, stupid question time. We are going to give away a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. And the question that I have for you is, which U.S. state has zero natural lakes? Zero natural lakes. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Let's see if you know the answer to this. 215-263-WMMR, which U.S. state has zero natural lakes. Call now if you know the answer. I will mention a few birthdays while we await that call. We'll start with uh, one of the great baseball players, a Hall of Famer, Reggie Jackson. Mr. October celebrates his birthday today. Star of the Naked Gun, right? Yes, Star <laughs> of the Naked Gun. It, it, you know what? It actually holds up. I watched it not that long ago. Oh, it's great. My daughter, yeah. It's great when he becomes the robotic killer. Yep. <laughs> Goes over to the second base, lifts it up, and that's where the gun's hidden, right? Yep. Yeah. How many home runs did he hit in one? Did he hit oh, three crazy. home runs in one World Series game? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being a Yankees fan? Yeah. And having that happen? You're he was just, the dude. Your yeah. head would explode. I imagine being an Oakland A's fan because uh, you lose him to the Yankees. And yeah. The A's have just, uh, <laughs> over the years, not been able to keep any of their stars. Uh, so he's 77 today. Born in Abington. Uh, no kidding. Oh. A lot of local ties. My Wait a second. I'm sure we covered yeah. that last year. Well, we did because my grandfather knew him growing up, and uh, my grandfather went to Abington High School, which is where Reggie went, and um, and so uh, they had a, a few different connections. My grandfather played baseball and uh, football professionally and was a big Reggie Jackson fan when Reggie was a kid. Didn't know that? Wow. Didn't know your that way, aspect of your life? Your grandfather played... Uh, my right? mom's My mom's dad was uh, played for the Portland... Oh, I'm forgetting the last name, but uh, uh, the I'm sorry, the name of the team. But yeah, he played professional football and professional baseball. This was back in the '40s, um, so you know, was they, there were a few different professional leagues. So he didn't play in the okay. NFL, but he played professional football at Portland, Oregon. That's pretty wild. Yeah. All right, I remember something with uh, Richie Jackson's home. I think locally that they were trying to yes. yeah. turn it into a uh, in Cheltenham. Steve. Yeah, you're a landmark. Right. Yeah, something like that. Uh, well, happy 77th uh, to Reggie Jackson, another local person, Tina Fey. Yeah, we love Yay! Tina Fey. Has her birthday today. Upper Darby, right? Yeah, yeah. Matter uh, of fact. She turns uh, 53. She's wondering if she get on the show, yeah. get her in the studio. She, her and uh, Amy Poehler are going to be in Atlantic City soon. They won't I kind of want to go to it. I know. Yeah, I yeah. would love it, though. Kathy and I met her... A year or two ago, they were doing the Mean Girls premiere, yeah. and she came out. She was one of the few, few people I got really nervous in front of. Uh, yeah, like, she's great. Yeah, I really like her. Happy 53rd to Tina Fey. It's also Jack Johnson's birthday, the Hawaiian-born mm. uh, singer, kind of folky, kind of beachy. Uh, turns 48 years old today, and she love her buddies. Yes, that's they, right. They perform Very uh, similar together quite a bit. So, happy 48th to Mr. Jack Johnson. It is also Chow Yun-Fat's birthday today. Love him. Yep, actor from... Uh, the replacement killers, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Bulletproof Monk, and others. And he turns 68. Some of the best action scenes ever in film he is a part of. Uh, we also have musician Rick Wakeman of Yes. <laughs> Keyboardist extraordinaire. Great musician and a very funny guy. We had was, him on uh, a year or two ago and uh, he was just a, a lovely guy to talk yeah. to. Yeah. And a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer as well. And it's a, such a great solo in this song. So happy 74th birthday to Mr. Rick Wakeman. Another musician, it's George Strait's birthday uh-huh. today. Yep, uh, great country legend. He All was right. super big for a while. Yep. Who's the keep your hands to yourself guy? 
Yeah, give me no lives and keep your hands in your hands. Uh, Georgia Satellite. Georgia Satellite, okay. Hey, that's it's a band. All right. I don't listen. I don't know country music because I think it's garbage. But Well, that uh, song actually crossed over. Yeah. I, yeah. That was played on some rock stations. Uh, yeah. Definitely. It was, yeah. it was played. I, I loved that song when it came out. I thought it was hilarious, just that whole vibe yeah. of yeah. Uh, keep your hands to yourself. Uh, man, and now I'm trying to think of the lead singer of Georgia Satellites, um, <laughs> Baird or something. I forgot it. He kind of looked like Butthead from Who Beavis did? and Butthead, the lead singer of, of the Georgia Satellites. Yeah, well, they're, they're, Beavis and Butthead were watching that video. I'm sorry, because we are way away from the birthdays here. Yes. They were watching the video, that Georgia Satellites video one time, and Beavis is like, hey, Butthead, that looks like your uncle. And then after watching the video, they kind of look alike. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yep. yep. Uh, Rick we're looking Richards? at the picture. What's that? Rick Richards? No. Okay. It was it was uh, something Baird, uh, I think is his last name, because uh, he had a song called uh, I Love You, period, and oh. I had him in for an interview one time. Dan. Dan Baird. Dan Baird. There you go. Thank you. Unfortunately, he left the band in 1990. Oh, my oh, God. No. We don't care. Why? Why? <laughs> oh, happy birthday, George Strait, by the way. 71 today. Uh, and then the last birthday is uh, Miriam Margolis. Uh, who played Professor Sprout in the Harry Potter series mm-hmm. and also gave us this he wonderful... He in my face. This wonderful <laughs> clip talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. One yeah. more time. He in my face. Yes, that's her. And she is 82. <laughs> she was not... She was, she was, I think that was on the Graham Norton show. Maybe. Yeah. Old. Maybe. I don't know. So happy 82nd birthday to Miriam. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Uh, we need to know what... U.S. state has zero natural lakes. 215-263-WMMR. We're going to go to Danielle, see if we can get the answer. Hi, Danielle. Good morning. Hi. Hi. All right, Danielle, what U.S. state has no natural lakes? How about California? That is in... No, like Big Bear is out there. That's yeah. a huge lake, Lake right? Tahoe. Yeah, Lake Tahoe. There's oh, that's man-made. Fairly large <laughs> lakes. Uh, we will go next to Mike, see if we can get the answer. Hey, Mike. Hey, you guys shark. Oh, oh you shark. Hi, right. Mike. So which U.S. state has zero natural lakes? Maryland. Maryland, oh, yes. Maryland. That's a mind blower. Yeah, I had no idea. It's known as the land of a thousand lakes. I didn't know oh, that. Maybe I'm no, no. Uh, so hang on the line, Mike. We're going to set you up. You just got yourself a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. And back for a limited time, you can enjoy Dine and Discover, a special three-course dinner for two for only $45.90. And you can explore menu favorites from the grill, land, and sea, including two salads, two entrees, and a shareable dessert. You can visit Bonefish Grill. Dot com for the information. So Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, and her mother, Doria Ragland, were involved in a near, they said, catastrophic car chase uh, after being uh, followed by pap- uh, paparazzi, their spokesperson has revealed. Uh, the chase took place after Meghan and Harry had attended an award ceremony in New York on Tuesday. The spokesperson said last night the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and Ms. Ragland were involved in a near-catastrophic car chase at the hands of a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi. The relentless pursuit, lasting over two hours, resulted in multiple near-collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians, and two New York uh, police officers. While being a public figure comes with a level of interest from a public uh, from the public, it should never come to the cost at the cost of anyone's safety. So when this story first appeared, I was thinking uh, there was some sort of horrific collision or something, but they never actually had... 
No. Any, right? No, it says a uh, near-catastrophic car chase. Okay. So not like, a uh, car Fast accident. and Furious. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that. Uh, they said dis- uh, dissemination of these images, even the ways in which they were obtained, encourages a highly intrusive practice that is dangerous to all involved. And, of course, Princess Diana died because they were being chased by paparazzi. paparazzi. So, obviously, it's a concern. Uh, the New York police said on Tuesday evening... The NYPD assisted a, the private security team protecting the Duke and Dusich of Sussex. There were numerous photographers that made their transport challenging. Uh, the Duke and Dus- Duchess uh, arrived on at their destination, and there were no reported collisions, summonses, injuries, or rest in regard. So I, I heard, did it go on for two hours, they said? That's what it says. So I don't know where they were driving to. They, 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 yeah, okay. Wow. I don't know if they were headed upstate or yeah. what. But, uh, yeah, two hours. Maybe it's just in traffic and they were surrounding them. I, I'm not sure. It's possible. I don't know. But they were aggressively going after them. And, uh, yep, they were making note of it. Chloe Kardashian wants the media to stop pushing the narrative that she and Tristan Thompson have reunited. It's not true. Uh, she wrote in the comment section of the Chloe Legend fan page on Instagram and said, I suppose you guys will continue the narrative you want regardless of what I say, so what's the point? Sweetie, you need to shut up now. Uh, it's exhausting, but I learned that people will only understand to the level of their own perception. Most are stuck at believing the lies because it's the narrative they want to fuel. Have fun, she said. She's so insightful. Uh, she also wrote, uh, some things are just as simple as they seem. A family member supporting another family member, especially during a difficult time in life. Example, just how I support Scott and will ever support him. He's my brother. Shut the f- up. It's not just an NBA stage. Okay. So she's talking about, uh, I, okay. I, I, it's not just an NBA stage. I have no idea. A stage in life or a platform or what kind of stage and Jeez. why is the NBA involved? And I don't get it. You don't it. need the entire league. No. Whatever. No. no. date their way through the, most of the league. Yeah. So the jury in Danny Masterson's rape retrial has begun little deliberations. Uh, Deadline reports Judge uh, Charlene Almedo sent the panel to come up with a verdict following closing arguments on May 16th. Uh, the That 70s alum faces over 40 years behind bars if found guilty on a trio of rape charges. I wonder how things are looking in this. Well, you know, what the what the uh, the odds are yeah. on this situation because I don't really know the specifics of the trial as it's progressed. No, I haven't, so I haven't seen any it, yeah. real details of, yeah. of who's saying what. Uh, the first trial started on October 18, 2022, ended in a mistrial on November 30th, after the jury remained deadlocked in that case. So they're doing that, you know, they have that 70s show reboot on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, oh. he, he's not a part of it, obviously. No, 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 no. Hey, come on. So Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner uh. were spotted having a serious chat on Wednesday. Page Six reports that uh, the Air star looked forlorn. Oh, no. As he and his ex dropped... I'd like to apologize to Jennifer Garner and her pool boy, Ben Affleck, for incorporating them into my fantasy life. <laughs> I love that guy. Incorporating them into my fantasy life. He's actually a cousin of the pudding guy. Uh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they've got to be related. Uh, so, yes, he, he looked forlorn. Forlorn. As he and his ex dropped their kids off at school in the Brentwood neighborhood of Los Angeles. Tell me, is this a good school? It will be. 
Uh, the snaps come one week after the Goodwill hunting star was caught arguing with his wife, Jennifer Lopez, in their SUV. I didn't see that. Oh, they've had a couple of... Sh- there's a lot of pictures things. that are making it to the uh, tabloids. Uh-huh. Show a little bit of stress. I don't know. Yeah. I'd like to think that things are working out. Did he look forlorn in that, too? He looked forlorn and oh, distraught. Yeah. And lo, Ben Affleck was forlorn and sad. What's wrong, Ben? Why don't you come into the den and we ben, can talk about it? come into the living room. Yeah. We found this pack of cigarettes in your jacket. Those are not my cigarettes. <laughs> I borrowed that jacket from my friend Eddie. I'm watching him, walk, you know, this photo. It looks to me like he's walking across the street with his ex-wife. I agree. The and they're just talking you, to each other. Body language, her arms are crossed. Oh, oh my you God. You can see it. You yeah, see it. It's, yeah. it's written. It's clear as day. No, you're right. Look that at the is... way he's holding his cup in the F-U way. That yeah, guys, and this one, he's sipping coffee and oh, she no. is fixing her hat. Yeah, I bet they're talking about Chris Agon and the philosopher mm. of evil. Yeah. Uh, I apologize <laughs> to anyone who's been offended by my fictional creations, Chris Agon, the philosopher of evil, and the skull sealer. Maybe there's way more to that whole thing than we know, and they're dealing with the whole Chris Agon thing on a daily basis. It might be. Let's let's. You didn't call me at five. I need to hear a call from you to five at five to know that you have not been attacked by Chris Agon, the skull sealer. <laughs> yeah, we we don't know what's going on behind no. the scenes, gang. Let's not be. Let's. It's not us to judge. It's up to that guy. He's the judge of everything. I'd like to yes. apologize to Jennifer Garner and her pool boy, Ben Affleck, for incorporating them into my fantasy life. I would have loved to have been in the courtroom and they said, oh, you're, you're free to make a statement. And uh, when that came out. I am so glad yeah. that these two are still friends so that clip has still has some relevancy to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Keep I, co-parenting, please. Whatever it is, I love that guy. I wonder if this, their friendship actually still drives this guy crazy. Uh, like yeah, he, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he does want to apologize. Or nah, he, it's a fake apology. Well, he can continue his fantasies <laughs> yeah. uh, that way. My fantasy life. Yeah. And notice he didn't say apologize. He said apologize. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he said so, he'd like to. He didn't yeah. say yeah. Does he say apologize? Yeah. I said to apologize. No, to no it's just the second one. Yeah. Maybe it's the other clip. Because he apologizes. I apologize to anyone who's been offended by my fictional creations, Chris Agon, the philosopher of evil. <laughs> and the skull sealer. Well, then, okay. Thank you very much. Are you, are you done? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I, I also consider the aardvark one of the most majestic animals ever <laughs> on the face of the earth. Okay. <laughs> Glad we, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, everybody got that? Yeah, you got, all good? That. You there? Everyone's all good. Right. Okay. Uh, the 2023 Cannes Film Festival left Johnny Depp full of emotions. Uh, the opening night of the International Film Festival on Tuesday marked the premiere of the actor's French language film. Uh, is it Jeannie Dubarry? That's uh, 21 Jeff Street. Okay. <laughs> Uh, which he stars as Louis the Fifteenth in. Oh, okay. Following the screening of the film, received a seven-minute standing ovation from the crowd. Wow! Which, according to a clip, <laughs> which, according to a clip from the screening shared by Variety, left Depp tearing up with emotion. Uh, while the film does not have a U.S. release date, its premiere at the festival comes nearly. One year after the verdict of uh, Dem's controversial defamation trial with ex-wife Amber Heard. I think so, he's rebounded uh, rather nicely. So it's a French language film. Yeah. I mean, I assume he must speak the language. He was married to that French woman for yeah. a long time. Okay. Paradis. Vanessa Paradis. Yeah. All right. He must uh, speak it fluently then in order to, you know, he's playing Louis the Fifteenth. Merci beaucoup. Merci your face. And it's... <laughs> 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 
common know. phrase. And it's a shibukubo uh, your fish. It's and a, to a pillow of the Jays. <laughs> uh, Selena Gomez has two new shows in the works for the Food Network. I had this I, this cooking thing I didn't realize, and now I'm seeing all this stuff about her her capabilities. She's apparently a good a chef at yeah. some level, right? Uh, she announced yesterday that the only it was announced yesterday that the only murders in the building host will, star will host. Uh, celebration-focused series just in time for the holidays and follow that up with a show featuring some of the best chefs in the country in a quest to cook their most popular dishes when she visits their kitchens. Only Murders in the Building, new season. Uh, Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd are part of it. Do we know when it's going to debut? I just saw uh, an announcement in the elevator. It is August. Oh, All okay. right. All right. Yeah. All right. There you go. Elevator news from yeah. uh, Marissa Magnata. Yeah. We, should just, we should put a, a, put a little news desk in there with an anchor sitting behind it. The screen's out of yeah. order, so here's your news for today. Alec Baldwin is joining the cast of the upcoming feature film Kent State, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, the film is set to bring to life the events of May 4th, 1970, when four students were shot and killed by the National Guard during a campus protest against the Vietnam War. Uh, Baldwin will play Kent State President Robert I. White. Uh, have no idea when that may come out. But, uh, I, then I assume Rust is done filming, right? Yeah, yeah, they're finished with that. I'm yeah, surprised how he, wild is that? Uh, well, and he's not doing Beetlejuice too. He's not going to be in that reboot, but he's going to be... Um, and, and they've got so many other people coming back. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, staffers at The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon will not be paid after this Friday. A source close to the uh, NBC told the Huffington Post that... No writing staff members are being put on unpaid leave of absence as the writer strike continues. Uh, but they had been paying them even though they hadn't been working. For right. Them a while. Uh, what happened the last go around? I remember that Leno was actually paying them out of his own pocket for for a while, and uh, yeah, some of them question. were. I yeah. guess I'm, then that's not happening this time. Public. Well, they were doing it for a little while, but you know, you can only yeah, you, you can only do broke. it for so long, uh, and so that's uh, that's going to stop now. Yeah, and that, that made it money. Variety has confirmed that Eddie Murphy is in talks to star as Inspector Clouseau in MGM's forthcoming reboot of The Pink Panther. Uh, the Pink Panther franchise began, of course, with the 1963 comedy film starring Peter Sellers as Inspector Jacques Cousteau. Clouseau. Uh, but the role has been played by Alan Arkin, Roger Moore, and Steve Martin uh, throughout the year. So I don't know what kind of take they'll do on that with yeah, Eddie Murphy. The Peter Sellers stuff, the original, is the best. Um, Steve Martin tried to do it close to the Peter Sellers way. Uh, I don't know. Do we need another one? Is that the where I, I never watched it? But is that the uh, the I would like to buy a hamburger? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was Steve Martin's version of the hamburger. Uh, Dollywood is ready to bring fans on a new thrilling adventure. Just announced the opening of its largest roller coaster yet. I want to go to Dollywood. Uh, I know. Yeah. Bizarrely, I want to go to Dollywood as they, well. They've got some pretty good rides. Oh, yeah, they've got, yeah. It's, it's legit as yeah. far as their, uh, their coasters and rides go, from what I've read anyway. It looks awesome, and it's the way it's sort of situated in the, in the forest there. Yep. So it's dubbed Big Bear Mountain and covers almost 4,000 feet of track. The new ride allows even the smallest members of the family to hop on, as long as they're at least 39 inches tall. The ride's name comes from the legend of the Big Bear which is a massive black bear said to have been roaming through Wildwood Grove for as long as anyone can remember, but no one has ever actually seen him. So it's like their version of Bigfoot? Yeah. Uh, The attraction is an expansion of the Tennessee Park's popular Wildwood Grove. In addition to being the park's longest coaster yet, uh, it is also the largest single attraction investment made by the park, costing a whopping $25 bucks. How great was it at Universal to ride those coasters? 
Oh, man. It's so I, I love roller coasters. Yeah. Uh, Big Bear Mountain also includes onboard audio to add auditory thrills to the experience, and it treats riders through a trek full of unexpected surprises, including launches, high-speed turns, and helix, and even a pass behind a waterfall. Oh, my God. Looks like it could be a lot of fun. By the way, uh, Dolly said during the opening ceremony, I'm not going to get on that. (laughs) She said, y'all know me better than that, but I am going to be happy to hear all of your big, tall tales once you get back. She's flat out. I'm not doing it. They don't uh, don't have a a broadcasting facility there, do they? I don't know. Is that that the next location? (laughs) Here's the deal. Maybe we'd be considered satanic. Yeah, probably. There. I mean, yeah. we had a tough enough time finding a, 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 another amusement park or attraction that would allow us there. Universal finally buckled. Yep. Uh, let me see here. According to the Hollywood Reporter, the 2023 Tony Awards will be televised after all. Yay! While the Tony Awards <laughs> Management Committee was denied a waiver by the WGA last week, uh, the committee appealed to the WGA on Monday. After Tony Award producers said that they would change the show to conform with specific requests from the WGA, the WGA said that they would not picket the event. You know, it's um, if you want to see over-the-top acceptance speeches, the Tonys, because they're so stage dramatic. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're, you're yes. going to be really treated to some fine acceptance speeches. That's the one to watch. Yeah. All right, and then one last story, and we'll end with this. And it's uh, it's sort of entertainment news, but I, I thought I'd put it here since it's from an iconic movie. But a uh, federal grand jury indicted a man in the 2005 theft of a pair of ruby slippers worn by Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. Terry Martin is charged with one count of stealing a major artwork, specifically facing a charge of theft of an object of cultural heritage, from the care, custody, or control of a museum. How long have they been missing? Uh, 2005, you said, right? Yeah, so the indictment, uh, yeah, it's 2005 theft. Okay. The indictment did not suggest a potential maximum prison term. It alleges that he stole the revered footwear from the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Minnesota at the time. <laughs> Could you imagine you're in prison surrounded by bloods and crips and you're charged that you, sold, you stole the ruby red slippers? When he stole them, they were insured for a million dollars, but a current fair market appraisal valued the slippers at $3.5 million. Uh, the ruby slippers in question, which were recovered in July of 2018 in a sting operation by the FBI and Grand Rapids Police Department after a 13-year search, are one of the four remaining pairs and are among the most recognizable memorabilia in American film history. At least two of the existing pairs are owned by private collectors. One pair has been on display in the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History in Mm -hmm. Washington since 1979. In 2012, Leonardo DiCaprio led a group of donors in purchasing a pair to to be displayed at the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures, which is set to open this year in Los Angeles. I always had an issue. Oh, I'm sorry, Casey. You want to say something? No. Well, just on a side note, uh, you had mentioned Wicked and how you'd love to see that. I yep. just want to let you know it's coming back to Philadelphia. Oh, yes. Yeah. So cool. Uh, you don't have to go up to New York to see it. I always Actually. had the issue in the original movie, in the in the uh, Judy Garland movie, when Glinda says you've had the ability to go home all this time. Yeah. And and you know she, I think that should have been met with a little bit more. This is goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> You're telling me that from go, I could have got home, you whore. <laughs> she turns to her yeah, and says, yeah. you had the ability. You, 
All along. What? <laughs> These imbeciles have been hanging out with for the better part of the movie. What? And you're right, Steve. Like, they had other conversations. Yeah. Prior to that last conversation. This is goddamn ridiculous. She came flo- floating down in that bubble. Yeah. When when she first got there. Hey, whore, how do I get back? Oh, I have them all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wicked Witch of West, bro. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and Nicole Smith. That was a mis- By the way, I watched that documentary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you watch that documentary? I, I, yeah. I started to. I had to stop watching. But uh, yeah. is it worth finishing? Uh, not, it's not so good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we're ready to play some clips for you now. So let's do that. Knights of the Zodiac brings the, brings the anime sensation to the big screen in live action. And here star Famke Jansen talks about what made filming easier. The more I can see on the day, the better of an actor I am, and the easier it is to work that way, the more green and the easier challenging usually it gets. Um, it's so much nicer to work with actors, and I actually ended up having that on this movie. I don't <laughs> give a f- Knights of the Zodiac is in theaters now, by the way. Here's our next clip. The Stallones are giving viewers a glimpse of their real lives in the new reality show, The Family Stallone. (laughs) And in this clip, Sylvester Stallone talks about reality television. This is going to shock people. Because a lot of times people say, oh, reality TV, what do you like? You need a job or something? I said, no, no, no. I'm feeling I have this resurgence going on. So why not at this moment show people what it's like? Not when you're over or retired and it's the ultimate home movie you'll see that's right it's stink. uh the family stallone is available now on paramount plus uh, if you want i think i might check it out believe it or not Will you? i'm mad at this why because of the whole like divorce and then they got back together thing like i know that it was a part of this tv show you oh, think so really yeah. you might be right they're taking a page out of the Kardashians. Yeah, exactly Cynical, Nick. That's I am. I'm cynical, Sly. I, I, I understand, man. <laughs> uh, the daughters are hot. Of course. Right. By the way, they came out of my peepee. Wait, <laughs> that's not how that works. Yeah, why? <laughs> well, part of them did. Yeah, that's how it starts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I produced the baby batter. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right, so we'll have to see looked, how this is. It, it's so funny to think of the the progression. Now you could see. Obviously, early sly in him now, but yeah, uh, you you know there these changes take place over time, and and he's he's a good looking guy. Well, he's yeah. had work done, yeah, obviously. Yeah, okay. yeah. you guys watch uh, any of Tulsi King yet? Uh, I have not. Okay, <laughs> it's not bad. You, oh, I'm in it. Yeah, uh, you're in it. <laughs> nah, I hear it stinks. No, I I, I um I enjoyed it. I hear it's okay. I'm enjoying yeah. it. I right. should say. But you, the real thing is he's. That's again. That's a holy grail for this show. We've yeah. had, um, you know, uh, Apollo Creed. We had uh, who else? Have we had. We had uh, the, uh, John Alvinson, who directed mm-hmm. Rocky. Um, all of them, and you know, Marissa had a really. We had Talia Shire on. <laughs> Marissa and Burt Young. That, that was. That. Yeah. I think I had thirty-five seconds of talking to him. We spoke to to Sly several years ago. Did uh, we? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, on the phone. It was at Y one hundred, and uh, it was cool. It was a nice conversation yeah. with him. But it's great. Love to get him to, for a sit down. Yes, wonderful. Yeah. I, you know, doubt we've had Frank on many times. Yeah, but someday, someday, Sly will sit down next to us and have a conversation. All right, but listen, we have somebody else to talk to right now. 
and they just so happen to be the coolest teacher of the year at Northern Burlington High School. Uh, please welcome, you voted for her, Miss Melissa Murphy. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning. Oh, you sound happy today. I am. I am. It was an awesome surprise to wake up to. Oh, that's excellent. So, yes, you're a special education teacher? Yes, yep. And how long have you been in teaching all together? Uh, I started at Northern, and I'm still here 18 years later. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Good for you. (laughs) That's phenomenal. And where did you, uh, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Pensalkin, and I live in Barrington now. Excellent. And born and raised. Uh, and, and teaching, always something that you wanted to do? Yes. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a special ed teacher since I was younger, oh. and um, I wouldn't want to do anything else. It's it's great every day. Teaching in and of itself is a noble profession, but special ed, I think, takes a special kind of person, and it's wonderful that you do that. Oh, thank you. And uh, what, what do you think uh, the reason the votes came in for you? Why? Uh, why? What makes you a cool teacher, Melissa? Um, well, I mean, the kids make it easy, but I teach. I coach Special Olympics. I do social clubs. Um, so I keep try to keep the kids busy both in the school and out of the school mm-hmm. um, and give them a lot of opportunities. Well, let me, let me ask you, did you, did you do any campaigning or did, was this completely organic? It was completely organic. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, That's awesome. That's a real victory. Yeah. 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 What about you yourself? Do you have any kids? I do. I have, I have twins. I have twin 11-year-olds. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and do they go to uh, uh, Burlington, and uh, Northern Burlington as well? No, no, they don't. They go down in... Um, well, they're not in high school yet, yeah, so, yeah. but, but they, are they in the same district? No, they're in a different district. Okay. Okay, so they'll never have mom as a teacher at any point. Yeah, no, All right. no. That would be... COVID homeschooling was enough. Gotcha, gotcha. You know what that... Well, listen. This is a uh, this is a little uh, nod to your uh, to, to the entire teaching profession, really, and uh, it's just a uh, a way to acknowledge uh, people here and there who've done a great job and made uh, a difference in people's lives. And you're doing great work. So we just want to say congratulations, Melissa. We're going to yes. give you the coolest teacher of the year coffee mug, nice, and a fifty dollars gift card for five below is a little uh, you know congratulations. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. All right, let's hear it for yeah. Melissa Murphy. Yeah. So sweet teacher of the year at Northern Burlington High School, special education teacher. Uh, and we now have uh, Sally in uh, Wilmington, right? Yep, Sally. Sally Sanum. Sally Daddy. Sally Sanum. I'm glad. Yeah, Salusi Boozy. Salusi Show. All right, so it's up for you guys to vote now, and it's real easy to do. You just text the word teacher to 39333, and we're going to send you a link. All right, teacher, 39333. Send that over. We are going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We got guests and a lot of stuff to get to today, so stay with us. Weekend, 93.3 WMMR begins our celebration of Preston and Steve's 25 years together. Listen as we recall a quarter century of stupid stunts, A-list guests, legendary live broadcasts, and charitable events that have made our mornings in the Delaware Valley better. Congrats on 25 years, guys. From 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks your mornings. 
So we are a little over. Well, tomorrow will be one week exactly that we are headed uh, to the live broadcast at Keenan's Irish Pub. It's the official opening of the Jersey Shore. So with that, I think uh, I will become the beachcomber. The beachcomber. Yeah. I've got several stories to pass along. Hey, oh, you crazy gas kittens. Time to head to the shore with the beachcomber. Uh, I just if that, I don't know what it means. A couple of things to mention uh, before we, we dive into some of these stories that I have that are that are beach-centric. Uh, with our Keenan's Live broadcast, one of the things we want to try to do, if there's enough interest, I don't know if we will or not, uh, but I told you, we, I think they did it, I forgot what country it's in, might have been in... Might have been in Norway or somewhere like that, but they did a seagull screeching contest. Uh, yeah. And it was impressive. And my friend Lori does a spot on seagull scream, screech, whatever you want to call it. And uh, she can't make it. I was going to have her do that. She's, she's uh, out of town or something that weekend. We can do better. I want to see if anyone is, is, yeah. is interested who's going to be there and who can do a spot-on seagull impression. You know people can. Because they're loud. They are loud. They are annoying. Uh, and it'll be, we'll be right there in the, in the, uh, amongst them. And so we want to we want to see if we can pull that off. Get us a, gu- a couple of contestants and see who, listen, make this a tradition. Yeah. Because so <laughs> part of the deal. You can email us, let us know if you have interest, if you're going to be there, and you can do that, and then that'll determine whether or not we actually pull this off. Now, you can call right now. We can try it on the phone. Ooh. I doubt we can hear it very well because usually phones kind of, yeah. when you start yelling, they, they make you, uh, they have like a limiter on there. Yeah, if you go to PrestonandSteve.com, there's a link uh, right there about Keenan's and a link to enter. And give us all your information so we can oh, really? see it. Yeah, I got you. How about that? I didn't know that. My uh, daughter used to be able to do, my daughter uh, used to be mm-hmm. able to do a, a spot on seagull, but like that was when she was a lot younger. I mean, at one point we were on the beach and she started like mimicking it. Yeah. And I had to turn around because I thought there was a seagull right next to me and it was her. It's, it's some, we'll do the inhale. It, yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's in Belgium where the uh, this okay. contest took place. And uh, people will wear costumes and stuff like that. You don't have to do that oh, if you're going to be a part of it. But if you want to, that would be fantastic. So uh, we'll have we'll have prizes in mm-hmm. association with that as well. And another thing that I said I want to I want to gauge the interest in <laughs> is we uh, need to do this. So it was in, in Australia. There is a uh, there's a tradition of something called doing a shoey. Yeah, and it's where you actually take your shoe off and you fill it up with beer and you. You you drink it, yeah, uh, and it's kind of like you know the boot, in, yeah, shoot uh, the boot in uh, rugby. rugby, yeah. Uh, so I would like to maybe start a tradition uh, where we do a shoey or see if we can break a record for the most shoey done in one spot. I'm anticipating a rabid need to get to the shore this summer. I think for oh, some, yeah. the, everything is sort of. I don't know, whatever it is. It's just a genuine, it's all been heading towards this moment. Last year was pretty good. I think this year there's just a, a deep desire to really access the beach and make summer really happen. So this is a world record we could break, Preston. Yeah. Probably not, but go with it. Yeah. And uh, and the screeching uh, seagull thing, that needs to happen. Yeah, and I was looking at the extended forecast. And, you know, next week's weather looks pretty damn good. Good. Yeah. Right. Good. Yeah. Happy. Happy about that. As long as there's no rain, we're, we're good to go. Hang on a second. I have Gene on the line. Hey, Gene, good morning. Hi. Hey, Gene. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Are you... Gene. <laughs> Hang on. We have your song playing here. Gene, do you... Uh, are, are you are you known for your seagull impression? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, let's, let's give it... Let's get a little sample. I want to hear what you can do. Uh, okay. Yes. 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 
She got the cadence perfectly. Yeah, yeah. It's tough over the phone, too. Yeah, it is. It is. I think we get a much better representation live. Are you going to be at our live broadcast? No. Oh! oh what a tease. You could kill. Yes. I know. I know. You, you'd be our Tiger Woods. Change your plans. Come and join us. <laughs> Maybe I can try. All right, All right. See, what, see what you can do. But thank you we'll for doing that. We'll have bread for you. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And so for that particular. Oh, we contest, need to do that. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah, we yeah. need to throw bread at him. <laughs> yes. Right. So, yeah, cr- yeah. Uh, some crackers yeah. and bread. Yeah. Uh, hot dogs. Right. You know. that down. Yeah. We have to remember Doritos. Yeah. 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 Uh, but um, what was I going to say? Oh, so we have a client, a new client, uh, Shift Outdoors, that's going to supply us with a uh, prize yes. for that oh, contest. Too. Okay. This table that they're that they're offering up, it's a, an amazing beach table. Yep, describe yeah. it because it, it looks really cool. Case. I mean, it is a it is essentially like a picnic table, you know, a round picnic table that it, it's in a backpack that yeah. you bring down to the beach with you, and it's sort of collapsible. And yep. then you use the weight of the sand to hold it down. It's not going anywhere. That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. so that's that's key when you have an umbrella that is not going to go anywhere at the beach. It's key. Might that entice some seagulls out there listening? I don't know. Let's go to Daryl. See what he can do. Hey, Daryl, good morning. Good morning, it. Good, good morning, morning, it. Again, good morning to see you. All right, <laughs> D- Daryl, do me a favor. Good morning to see you. And give us a little bit of your of your seagull screech, please. All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he brought it on the bassier side. That is the yeah. bassier side. I, I love it. I heard a different bird with I Darryl did, too. In. But That's not not a seag- seagull. What's that? It's the male seagull. The male seagull. Any idiot could tell you that. Deeper yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. all right, Daryl, are you coming to the uh, to the event? You going to Keenan's? I'm going to try my best. I got to work up till seven o'clock. Supposedly, going to try to be sick a little early. <laughs> all, right. Yeah. all right. Maybe we'll see you there. Hopefully. All right. Thank you, Daryl. Right, we appreciate it, bud. Rock. All right. Thanks, bud. All right. So keep that in mind. We're 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 going to try and pull that off if we can. If we get enough contestants for that. Uh, next Friday, a week from uh, tomorrow. Uh, but speaking of uh, the beach and the shore, yes. I, I can't. I want to do the twist. Right? I know. <laughs> Automatically, you want to start moving. Uh, a new list has highlighted some of the best secret beaches in the United States. Oh. And Hawaii, Florida, California, and New Jersey. Yeah! Have come out on top for this. Okay, is my secret beach there? Um, no. Okay. No, your secret beach is not there. Uh, the ranking was published by Family Destinations Guide, and it found that the top spot is Awahua Beach, Hawaii, located on the uh, Malakai uh, Kala, Kala, uh, Kala Upapa Peninsula. Hey, man, I found a secret beach. Uh, the there. The ocean paradise is only accessible by a small commuter plane, which flies in from Oahu. Ooh, that's uh, very remote. The <laughs> trail leading to the beach is extremely steep and challenging with uneven surfaces. Uh, so it's tough to get to. That's why it makes it kind of a secret beach. It's also a beautiful beach, too. Oh, that God, helps. Yes. Uh, two other Hawaiian beaches, uh, Lanikai Beach and uh, Ka'uapea Beach uh, trail closely behind in the third and fourth spots, oh, respectively. Hawaii is just, you know, uh, the islands are all dotted with fantastic, unbelievably majestic, gorgeous, wonderful beaches. It's amazing. So I'll tell you what really has, a, and I'm surprised, it's well, it's because these aren't hidden beaches, but Bermuda has, I think, two of the world's top beaches, and mm-hmm. that's uh, a little closer than Hawaii. Yes, definitely closer, but Hawaii is just, it's, it's amazing. It's paradise. It's, it's uh, I, it, you know, and I've, I've been to other 
islands. I haven't, you know, toured around the world on islands, but it's by far, it's the one I've gone back to a few times because I just can't see things getting much better than that. Uh, the second spot on the list went to Shell Key Preserve in Florida. Uh, and Mike, remember, these are hidden beaches. Uh, yes. And the fifth is in New Jersey. It's called Sedge Island. Oh, where's that? I do not know. Anybody ever hear of it? Nope. Where it's located. So it's hidden. It's it's off the beaten path. Sedge Island, it says, unlike many other beaches in New Jersey, does not have a boardwalk or any commercial developments uh, that can bring crowds. So that's why it's kind of oh, it's, off it's the beaten path. South of uh, Seaside Heights. So um, Seaside Heights, and then you go north from there, and that's... Um, uh, Point Pleasant, but if you go south from Seaside Heights, it gets it turns into this preserve, and that's where this beach that Preston is talking about is. Okay, all right, it's Speak- north of Barnegat. So, like, there's a in uh, in Diamond Beach, Casey. Yeah, the the preserve down there. Oh, I know, yeah. but it's closed during the season. Um, you can't during the, uh, oh, the no, summer no. season. No, oh, no, I'm not talking about your secret beach. I'm yeah. talking about the 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 uh, the bird uh, yeah, sanctuary. The bird sanctuary. Yeah, there is a stretch of beach just it's- south of Diamond Beach. I love it. Yeah, that's. That's one of my favorite spots to go to. But it's closed? Yeah, they, they rope it off. You can't go there because it's an environmental area. Yeah, yeah. And during the off-season, uh, you can go check oh. it out because there's there's some type of mating that takes place or yeah. something. Well, they recommend something? Buy, buy a turtle costume. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> there are trails that you can hike in there, and I've yeah. done it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it was off-season that I did it. No, 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 you, no, can no. Do, you can do the trails. The oh. trails you are You can't fine. go on the beach. My bad. Now, yeah. Um, uh, so it's also a great place to get some conch shells. So if you need a little conch conch, Steve. Yeah. Sai. 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 Bring me that conch conch. Yeah. Uh, but Nick, the trails will bring I'm you sorry, to. Yeah. She's the beach yeah. girlfriend. Those trails will bring you to a beach, Nick, that is just south of the preserve that you can. Yes. Walk on that. Technically, you're not like it's a Coast Guard beach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're not going to chase you off or anything like that. But and and during the season, you can go there. I like that little stretch in between oh, Wildwood great. and Cape oh, May. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. There's um uh, a marina there where you can have um you know have have a bite to eat. Uh, it's, it's a really nice little sort of hidden spot. Yep. Um. um but Casey, you have a you have a hidden beach, and you you don't want to. No, it's fine. Indicate it's, where it is. No, keep it secret. It's all I right. just told them where it was. That that was. Oh, my, that's, that's it. My oh. hidden beach. Yeah, I uh-huh. did not know that. There's yeah. there's something to be said for those little spots mm-hmm. that are kind of uh, never crowded or just a scant few people know of. Uh, growing up uh, on Long Island, there are parts of Fire Island that are l- less. Uh, yeah. trafficked by the general population, and everyone had their little special areas. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm just thrilled that a, a Jersey beach has made this list with yeah. what are primarily... Yeah. Wait, you know what? There's an Alaskan beach on there as well, isn't there? Uh, I don't know. It says California, Salt Creek Beach, and Wildcat Beach claimed the final two places in the top ten ranking, coming in at number eight and number nine. Uh, let me see here. I I don't know, Steve. It yeah. was a, it's you know it's from the Daily Mail, which is a. It's I have the whole list. They never have good. Preston, list. I have the whole list right here if you ah. need it. Yeah. So uh, this is ten, and then um, above ten is eleven. Oh, okay. eleven. Right. Since when? Uh, let's see. And here's yeah. the Alaskan one that Steve was talking about. Oh, that's on. That's number twenty. Yeah. Okay. Number twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Lowell Point Beach. I, by the way, uh, am. Listen, a beach where you can, that's tropical, where you can enjoy that aspect is wonderful. But I also love a, a New England rustic, sure. s- 
you know, cliffside yeah. rock beach. I mean, yeah. well, that beach rocks. But, you know, when you went through your daughter, you did sort of a uh, a tour of those areas, yeah. correct? Yeah, in Acadia, they're, they're, the beaches are like, there's only one sand beach yeah. there. Yeah. There's only one. And, and it's those, natural, too. It's those are weird. From, yeah, those are from shells, by the way. Yeah. So it's that's, called Sand Beach. Yeah. That's, yep. <laughs> that's the name of it. Everything else is all rocky. And, uh, right. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, would you like me to walk you out to your blanket? But they're stunningly beautiful. Buzzy wuzzy bars. Yeah. <laughs> Buzzy bar. Uh, you think I'm having a sunstroke? So, I, yeah, I like I like uh, a variety of of the types yeah. of beaches that you can come across. Just being near the water is fantastic. Number nine on this list is uh, Dry Tortugas National Park, and that's so. If you go to Key West, you got to get on a plane or a boat and then fly. Uh, west from there, and Dry Tortugas is a national park. It was this fort uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, but Tortuga. I, Tortugas, which uh, Rocky means. Turtles. Oh, I like turtles. Yeah. <laughs> I like turtles. You used to have turtles. Yeah, I'm wearing zombie makeup, but I like turtles. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really cool national park. I've been there once, but you can camp there. So you, 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 they'll drop you off. You have to bring in all your supplies, including your water and your food and whatever, but you can spend the night if you want. Oh, you end up tiny. pooping in a box? Uh, I'm sorry? You end up pooping in a box? If you choose to, I suppose. Okay. Right. I don't think you have to. Right. Okay. There's a Pennsylvania beach on here. Really? Raccoon Creek State Park. Raccoon Creek State what Park. What the hell is there? A Raccoon Creek crumb bum. And <laughs> that would not be on the ocean. Yeah, it could not be. Well, so... you know, it doesn't say ocean. It just oh, that's beach. right. Yeah. It's just yeah. a beach. You You're can right. have a, a lake beach. Yeah. Matt went uh, on a bike ride up in, like, the Redding area. Your husband? My husband, Steve. Thank you for pointing <laughs> that out. Um, and he was telling me how great the beaches are right on the lakes right about around there. Okay, so we're looking at a picture of it. It looks kind of a uh, like a rustic beach. You have, obviously, the uh, there's grass that comes right up to the quasi-dirt sand. It's mm-hmm. almost to the West Virginia border in way western PA. Okay. So you got to get to uh, Pittsburgh and then keep going west. I, yeah. I find physically I need to get back to the water or get close to the water every now and then. Yes. I, I, it, to me, there's, you know, it's uh, Ernest Hemingway writes about that sort of... Um, primordial need to get yeah. near water, you yeah. know? Steve, do you ever get in the creek when you're on your hikes? Uh, yeah, well, yes. When I was my dog, Chelsea, God rest her soul, um, would love to go into the creek, so I, I had special, um, cre- you know, the creek shoes, you know, uh-huh. we, for the... the bo- uh, yes, I love them, and there's actually, mm-hmm. along the way to Hicken, there are a couple of spots where you can go in, and it's actually waist high. You could yeah. sort of paddle around a bit. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have those... Um, oh, God, they're like Merrill... Like they're aqua shoes essentially, but yeah. they're but they're for hiking. Um, they suck. <laughs> I mean, in the water, it's just to keep you from stepping on like jagged rocks. Yeah, but that doesn't do anything to uh, prevent pebbles from getting or underneath bam bam. or yeah. bam bam. Yeah, underneath your in your foot, and it's a, it's a mine do pain in the mine ass. do. So yeah, okay, I'll, show, I'll show you what I have. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go to Dave. He wants to point something out to us. Hi, Dave. Morning. Morning. Hold on. Let me take those speakers. Sorry. Right. Uh, okay. Appreciate that. Yes, yeah, so my in-laws used to have a place in the garden section yeah. of oh. Ocean City, Jersey. So it's right it's the last street going north by the Long Bridge, Newcastle yep. Road Drive. It's uh, it's right where the inlet meets the ocean. Beautiful beach. It's one of the biggest beaches, widest, unguarded. If you're cool, you can take your coolers out there and drink and <laughs> take your dogs in the morning. But they yeah. like to keep it secret. But my... I'm in the middle of a divorce, and they sold the house. I don't mind. So you don't care now. You're going to tip your hand. Yeah. Yes. So that's how the divorce is going. You know, Dave, I've been there. As a matter of fact, uh, Pat Croce has a house, like, right around that, yeah. or did have a house right around that area. The only problem 
with that part of the uh, of Ocean City is the greenheads are can be oh, really? out of control. Really? Out of control. I hate yeah. those effing things. Yeah. You want the wind coming off the land the day you go out there, that's for sure. Yep. So that's I thought it was I the other way. You want the wind coming off the ocean, uh, not the land. Well, yeah, the land brings in the greenheads. Yep. Newcastle is right at the toll there, and it's beautiful. It's the ocean, The uh, what is it, the great uh, harbor, egg harbor uh, inlet turns into the bay and turns into the ocean. So. On the if you go to the left, it's the where the river is. So you take your kids, and it's no waves, and then you know five minute walk. But it's a, it's a, and it changes every day because it's a, almost like a peninsula. So when the storms come in, and that's the only part of Ocean City when Sandy hit, that was the only part of Ocean City that didn't flood because okay, that. that's wild. Sandy, but interesting. It's a, yeah, it's a beautiful beach and. No guards and just be cool and have a good time. Yeah, just yeah. be cool. We're going to be cool. <laughs> what is Fonzie's here? All right, thanks, Dave. Right, you put, in one of those, you put your drink in one of those Wawa cups, and that's what you do to drink on the boardwalk up there. There you, you go. Jack and ginger, and you're drinking your ginger out of yeah. a gas Wawa cup. Excuse me, Wawa cup. All right, Dave. Be cool, man. Be cool. We'll talk to you, bud. See you later. All right, right. Yeah, I've gone to that beach before. It's pretty cool. It's like right right at the foot of the tolls. Well, this is a perfect segue into my next beachcomber story. Oh. You, mentioned, you mentioned being cool. More stories from the beachcomber. Wild, <laughs> Wildwood could soon approve a pair of laws that seek to keep alcohol off the boardwalk and beaches. I mean, completely. I'm not talking about open container. I'm talking about no alcohol. Last week, Wildwood's Board of Commissioners introduced two ordinances to deal with public drinking by updating municipal laws. Don't they want to stop dancing, too? I don't know if they're going that far. One proposed ordinance would prohibit the consumption, display, or possession of any alcoholic beverages on the entire beach and boardwalk. And this would apply to all types of containers, whether open or closed, except in designated bars and restaurants. Let me me listen to this. Violators could face a fine up to $2,000 and potentially 90 days in jail, which are the maximum penalties for misdemeanors. So you guys are now, you guys Casey, you've been down to the beach for a number of seasons now. Preston, you have your your place down there, and there are people. Many people have homes down there. Uh, is um, uh, is uh, uh, this an issue on the beach of people getting well, overly drunk and rowdy? No, I mean if you recall a few years ago, people getting out of control Memorial Day weekend. But you know, okay, it's like, so it's like amateur hour, you know, and you know, you get a whole bunch of like young people out there who are partying on the beach, which is a different different than. You know, people just sit. So Memorial Day, and I assume like like Fourth of July, right? Well, Fourth of July gets busy, but like I feel like the in the last few years, the only like headline makers were was Memorial Day weekend. I'm just wondering how profound a problem it is, and if it needs this this kind of um, control. Now I can see where bar owners uh, would be thrilled with this. You know, to keep them, you know, people can't bring their stuff down to the the beach, right? That's what it's. Yeah, but I mean, we don't have bars where we're at. Uh, okay. Wildwood Crush is dry, so oh, and uh, so you know people have. But I, I listen. People drink on the beach, yeah. all day long, mm-hmm. and and I've never had an, an issue with it at all. Um, yeah, not only, where not where I yeah I go either case. Yeah, but this is more focused in Wildwood. Wildwood proper. Yep. You know, so, it's a little you know, busier, dicier there. I guess I don't know. Yeah, a second ordinance would allow uh, would uh, follow in the footsteps of Ocean City and Sea Isle City, which each of which revised local laws to deal with uh, problem uh, problems involving juveniles, and it would designate underage. Drinking, alcohol possession, and other offenses as breach of peace violations. Okay. Nick, you were asking about this the other day. 
That would give police the authority to arrest violators and potentially hold them until uh, they're picked up by parents or legal guardians, depending on the offense. Is this uh, so? Is this underage drinking then? Yeah. So okay. uh, yeah, that would be uh, designated uh, as breach of peace. Uh, among the other violations noted in the breach of peace ordinance are loud noise and smoking in prohibited areas. Uh, the alcohol ordinance is an amendment to the current law banning open containers on the beach and boardwalk. So you can't have open containers. Um, it's meant to eliminate arguments with police about whether a container is open or closed. Uh-huh. So I have a feeling they will use some discretion. They're not going to really be targeting each and every incident that they see. But if you're, if you look underage, if you are getting out of control or whatever... Mm-hmm. And they come over, and you at least have booze. They can they can hit you with that. Did they mention anything about the open consumption of narcotics? Well, uh, no. Do these people? And they were like older, right? They were probably I thought probably in their fifties, late forties, fifties. They were smoking like they were in the next camp over from us, and smoking a joint, you know, passing it around the circle. Right. I was like, wow, that's um bold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because even like cigarette smokers, cigar smokers will, uh, you're not supposed to smoke there. You're supposed to go to. There's the, a designated area? Yeah. Alright. And, uh, and it was just so, I don't know, man. It's still, to me, like the, it's, oh my still, God. it's still shocking. What if the principal catches you? Yeah. I know. It is, does seem weird when you walk along and people are being that cavalier about it. Hang on. Rick is a uh, former Wildwood cop. Wants All to right. mention something here. Hi, Rick. Morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, I was actually in, in North Wildwood, but same thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just the way that what I get away from this is people that are being rowdy on the beach, it gives the cop, like, a, a tool to have in their back pocket. Like, hey, you're being rowdy. Oh, also, you have beer, so now you're under arrest, and now you're getting a ticket. There you go. Okay. That's, that, that's what I figured. Like I said, you, you know, you're not going to go out and really target... Uh, specifically that, but you have that to use in case there are people, they're getting out of hand, you walk over, they've got booze, you can go look. You know, you, you're that's, you're breaking the line. Yeah, That's my takeaway. Who knows what they're actually going to do with it, but if mm-hmm. I was in charge, which I'm not. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. If, it, if yeah. it's buying a little bit of latitude to give, uh, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, ability to, to stop a situation that's getting out of hand. Uh, so if they, if they don't go crazy, like you're saying, Preston, maybe it'll work for the better. I, th- I think it will. All right. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah, there was, uh, I was in Wildwood Crest, and they have uh, these live music things at uh, this park nearby us. And uh, I, I went over to a cop, and I'm like, can we, can I have a yeah. beer out here? And he goes, he kind of looks at me. He's like, mm, technically, no. But he's like, but, you know, just yeah, yeah. as long as you're being cool. Yeah. Don't be he's an like, idiot. Yeah. yeah, he's like, he's like, you didn't hear that from me, but no, we're not busting. Wait a second. You're that radio guy. <laughs> uh-huh. But we're not busting people for drinking. Yeah. We, we, we we can. Yeah. And if you're getting out of control, we will. Yeah. Is essentially what they're saying. All right. So as long as you're responsible, everybody's cool. You got in trouble like for Mike was saying. You're yeah. still, yeah. you got to still uh, running on the beach. Yeah. Then <laughs> as long as you're cool about it. Right hey, uh, I, I saw this. This is not technically... Uh, Beach-related. But I have to mention this, because you can use this in the water, and it's a toy. uh, But I've never seen anything quite like it. It is a remote control alligator head. Oh, okay. And it looks like an alligator is swimming in the water. It's just the head. It's awesome. It looks so much fun. I I, I think you would scare the living hell out of people because they have one that, Preston, that's a shark fin. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, And, uh, but, uh, yeah, 
I forgot about those. So you can put this in the water and steer it around like a remote control boat, but it looks like a real life alligator head. <laughs> Is that not awesome, Nick? We're looking at video of it right now of a guy out oh swimming. Uh, it's and amazing. You can use it for obviously pulling a prank on people, yeah. but supposedly you can use it to help keep unwanted uh, critters away from your favorite place. I wonder if you'd have set one of those in like a like a koi pod. Yeah, if it would work. Yeah, uh, in scaring as, as away a, as a basically like a scarecrow for yeah, maybe. predatory birds. Um, I love this thing. Uh, I don't know the product name of it. It's uh, on Amazon, clearly. But you can you can. Uh, Punch in a remote-controlled gator head. Wow, it's only 60 bucks. Yeah, right? I'm sorry. I'm going to get one for the pool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. right? Right? Yes. If you pull that out, That's if awesome. someone falls asleep on the uh, like a, a float or oh, something, yeah. send the head out after them. So its actual intention, at least according to Amazon, is that it has reflective eyes for Canadian geese or Canada geese. I thought and, so. And blue heron control. So you put it out on a pond, Steve, if geese are a problem, uh, and it'll, it'll scare them away. <laughs> or you can use it as a prank, uh-huh. which is much more fun. And we're watching videos of people running away <laughs> that they've pranked with it. But it's only 60 bucks. Uh, it's an alligator, remote-controlled alligator head, should you be interested you in something have like that. that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Alright, um, but that's it. That's uh, We what? got to shut down the beach. Sorry, gang. Oh, Come in. Oh, man, I need a whistle. Yep. Everyone back to the shore. What was that, Casey? I'm sorry. Be cool, honey bunny. Be cool. All right. All right, listen, I want to take a break and come back in a moment uh, because we've got some bizarre file stories that we would love to share with you. we got some guests coming up as well. We also have a blood drive on the way, and Mr. Announcer Man is going to tell you more about that as we take a break. Back in a moment. Is your phone an app hole? You know, full of useless apps taking up space. Well, get rid of them and get the WMMR app. You can listen to us wherever you go, get important alerts, and so much more. Because, after all, the world needs less apples. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Free diamonds. Steven Singer is giving away free diamonds. You don't want to miss this. Everyone who purchases an engagement ring will receive a free one-carat lab-grown diamond. You must be thinking Stephen only sells real natural earthborne diamonds. Well, you're right. But Stephen will never sell a lab-grown diamond, but he will give them away. Nothing says I love you less than a lab-grown diamond. Don't be fooled by real natural earthborne diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. Stephen Singer Jewelers, online at IHateStevenSinger.com or in a showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly while supplies last. That's IHateStevenSinger.com Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Real quick, before we do the Bizarre Fall, I want to mention this. We had uh, earlier this morning our first coolest teacher of the year calling this morning, special education teacher from Northern Burlington High School, uh, Melissa Murphy, and she was really happy to, to receive the uh, the award and all that. And uh, Nick found out after doing a little bit of digging, and this is terrible news, and I understand why 
She didn't mention anything about it, but her husband passed away just like two months ago, <laughs> two or three months ago. Uh, and she's got kids. And uh, so there is a GoFundMe uh, account. And apparently he was, uh, the husband was, uh, you know, 49 years old and it just happened suddenly. He had a heart attack. That's horrible. Horrible. Um, so if you'd like to help her out, there is a GoFund uh, available, and uh, you can just search on uh, Melissa Murphy, I assume. I don't really yeah, know. It's called uh, Support for the Murphy Family, and they've done a great job at raising a lot of money thus far, but I'm sure they could always use more. And uh, the note that I got said that um, this her winning this was a really nice, bright spot because oh. she's had a, a few difficult months. They have oh twins God, together. Yes. So um, I'm glappy. I'm glappy. <laughs> That's glad and happy. Yeah. And it's a perfectly suitable word. <laughs> glappy is something we should all strive for. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I thank you so much for that. Yeah, glappy. <laughs> and if you're glappy, Nick, clap your hands. God. Nick took the bullet yeah. for us today because we're all going to screw up crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, yes. For glappy. No. Glappy works. It's now a word. Glappy. Well, I'm, you're welcome. I'm so glappy for a new, a new word to hear that. And if you're uh, glappy and you know it, clap your hands. Yes. If you're glappy and you know it, clap your hands. Clap your hands. If you're glappy and you know. So, uh, anyhow, she's happy. Yes, and you have some good news. Yeah. And I, she, now she's glappy as well. I hope she's laughing. If she I hope so, too, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> no. All right, so so uh, if you can't help, that'd be great. We'll have the link on Preston Steve in just a few Thank minutes. You. Excellent. Yes. Uh, and then that leads me to mentioning that uh, uh, Silesianum High School in Wilmington, Delaware, is up now for voting. And you can text the word teacher to 39333. If you are a student there and you want to make a teacher glappy about what they do, you can vote for them. For us, yeah. we will understand. Again, we we at some point are going to have to create the Preston and Steve Show dictionary. I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we're creating our own language. Because Agreed. really, I mean, you did us all a favor because had is not as funny as glappy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I agree. All right, B-File time. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's I brought to you this morning by Coors Light. Join us, the President and Steve Show, live from Keenan's in North Wildwood, Friday, May 26th, for the official opening of the Jersey Shore. You can be there starting at 6 a.m. It's brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill down the shore. Uh, we were just talking about the uh, the alligator, remote-controlled alligator head. Which <laughs> is perfect. There are, I plenty, it. there are plenty of gators in Alabama, but how about... Some enjoying a day at the beach. One such unlikely critter was spotted, listen to this, riding the waves recently. Is that right? On Dolphin Island, bobbing (laughs) calmly near the human beachgoers, sunbathing and waiting. Uh, Matt Harville came across the lengthy gator while at the beach taking uh, uh, pregnancy announcement photos with his girlfriend. And he said the reptile seemed to be enjoying the sun and gently breaking waves, attracting several beachgoers to get a closer look. And they interviewed him, Preston. Dude, you get the best barrels <laughs> ever, dude. Just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. And you just drop in and just smack the lip. Uh, he said, down, said ah! it didn't hiss. And then after that, he's dropping, ride the barrel and get pitted, so pitted like that. Uh, charge or open his mouth at all, and it seemed like it was uh, kind of speculating and uh, seeing what was going on. Uh, Harville snapped photos and videos of the gators show family and friends, and alligators are found throughout Alabama in saltwater bayous and estuaries. Did not realize they'd, they'd uh, go down to the beach. I did not either. 
in Ohio. Officials have arrested a 26-year-old woman who allegedly defecated on a church altar over the weekend. Mm. On Saturday, Laura Menard entered the Good Samaritan Hospital Chapel in Cincinnati and allegedly defecated on the altar, then reportedly wiped her ass with a cloth runner. Uh, Holy crap. Yeah. Menard allegedly spread feces on the altar table using a picture that she found in the chapel. So is this some sort of act of defiance, or is she just a complete slob. Uh, officials did not disclose a motive. Uh, Menard faces a charge of desecration. Ah. And she is set to appear in court on May 25th. I'm going to want to hear the reasoning behind this. Because mm-hmm. the altar's up high. To, yeah, probably a little titched. Well, okay, hang on a second. Is the altar the table on the stage, or is the altar the, I'm assuming the, 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 the stage? That's the dais. Uh, so I don't know. We yeah. could we could talk about this for a while. But I'm, I'm sure there's a huge on. book about pooping in churches. <laughs> a mom born with two uteruses has welcomed twins, conceiving one baby through IVF and one uterus, and the other baby naturally in her other uterus. That's crazy. Madeline uh, Kaklikos and her husband welcomed their miracle twin boys, Cole and Nate, following ten rounds of fertility treatment over three years. Medics describe Madeline's case as one in 50 million <clears throat> due to the fact they were both conceived using different methods and were each developed in a different uterus. Uh, Madeline, who is from Melbourne, Australia, discovered that she has a rare congenital condition called uterine uh, didylifs. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think. That or- sounds like some bizarre exercise. Just did a couple of uterine didylifs. <laughs> <laughs> Didlefies. Didlefies are Maybe great that's it. with a hamburger. Or diddle fries. Eat more fries, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I where, just did my diddlefs. Where a woman is born with two uteruses, and she and her husband began trying for a baby in 2020. They didn't have success. Everything. They were never going to fall pregnant. I've never heard of the, the, the two uterus thing. And never. Madeline and John were shocked, but uh, totally over the moon to learn that they were actually expecting two miracle babies. She said it was at the 10-week scan that Madeline learned she was expecting twins. With the second spontaneous baby in her second uterus, uh, she said, "John and I looked at each other in total disbelief. Uh, we also realized that we had been conceived at different times, yeah, uh, in different ways. One twin was conceived through IVF, and the other was naturally. As the pregnancy was classified as high risk, uh, she was under constant monitoring. Was offered a planned C-section as her condition made a natural delivery impossible. I just wonder, like, uh, how." close in time they could conceive. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. if you conceived, like... You gotta have a stopwatch. Right? Yeah. All right, so, Go! If, so if you have two uteri... Yeah. Then does that mean you have two different Me- uh, menstrual cycles? That's what I was wondering, because it's the shedding of the m- uterine lining, correct? Right. Um, but it also has to do with ovulating. So it's how many uh, egg thingies you have. Egg holders. Egg Mercers are gynecologists, don't yeah. you? Ovaries? <laughs> Ovaries, thank you. I only have one. You, you have a problem with your egg thingies in your cooter hole. The egg holders. Doctor, I'm not sure. Can I see your diploma? That your fuzzy hole there has <laughs> eggy things. And I'm not sure. Is the nurse, is there any documentation? <laughs> Your fuzzy. fuzzy hole. <laughs> two egg thingies in the in the above the the pee pee nozzle. <laughs> pee pee nozzle. Is this guy a doctor? I don't understand why. Oh. <laughs> well, 
You're a doctor, so we'll just take your word for yeah. it. Uh, Madeline gave birth to her twins uh, February 20th at 34 weeks. She says she was pet fried, but her husband kept her calm. We only had 10 minutes before they were taken to special care, she said. And after 17 days in the hospital, Cole and Nate were discharged and able to go home with their parents. And they're very glappy about that. <laughs> <laughs> a 350-pound black bear relaxing in a tree in a Traverse City neighborhood was shot with four tranquilizers before it fell asleep and eventually fell out of the tree as dozens of looked on, and one of the neighbors, Annette Anderson, said, it's like the best block party ever. Oh, my God. Not having a lot of things going on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so glappy. Uh, (laughs) Wildlife experts. I was just kind of hanging out. uh, Actually, I was a little depressed, and then all of a sudden, here I am completely glappy. Wildlife experts responded to a morning call about a bear in a tree on Sunday. Uh, the saga went on for hours as a crowd gathered to watch. They fired tranquilizer darts into his butt, and then go get your lawn chairs. There's a bear in a tree, and uh, slept on a thick limb before falling to the ground. And uh, a sh- a sh- Ashley, I'm sorry, Ashley Walter had pulled mattresses out of her home to cushion the landing. Oh, that's that's cute. Uh, Steve Griffith, the wildlife biologist, said they're a tough animal. Obviously, they're in trees all the time, and they do have accidents yo, in the wild. Yo, thanks for the mattresses, man. That's he, great. He said they could take a pretty good fall. Uh, the bear's vitals were checked before it was uh, transferred to a bear trap. Uh, and next, it'll be transported about 50, 60 miles away and released into a wooded area. So. Is that real? Yeah. <laughs> The bear, the bear is in mid-fall oh, and God. looks like an angel bear hovering over the crowd. It looks like somebody in a bear suit yeah. jumping from hey! a chair. I'm so glappy. Yeah. All right, that's the last story in the Bizarre File. Uh, we need to take a break, and we're going to do that right now. We'll come back in a moment. Rob Cantrell is here. Excellent. So we'll spend some time with him in the studio. Stay put. We'll be right back. MMR presents the I Bleed for President and Steve Blood Drive. Friday, June 16th, two locations in Oaks at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center or South Philly at the Event Center inside Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. Sign up now at WMMR.com. Donors get the newest Preston and Steve t-shirt, a window niche and tote bag, ever fresh juice, and our sincere thanks for making a real difference in our community. Appointments are required, so secure your preferred time today at WMMR.com. The 18th annual I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive, benefiting the American Red Cross from 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Our next guest is in town one night, only tonight at Punchline. If you want to get tickets, it's punchlinephilly.com, and we welcome Rob Cantrell. To the show. Good to see you again, man. Good to see you guys, man. Thank you for having me, Preston Steve, Philadelphia. Hello, hello. Yeah. A pleasure. And uh, it's been a little while since wild. you've been here. Yeah, it's been a few years, but I always remember the studio because I got to meet Guy Fieri <laughs> right over there. Yeah. I was talking about fried bologna, how nobody's doing fried bologna anymore. Right. And I grew up on it. And he was like, I love fried bologna, too. <laughs> oh, well, he, he, that's his whole thing. It's the diners, dives, and drive-ins or whatever. I always get it screwed up. But, yeah, uh, yeah, the that's D-D-D. all that, Yeah, that, that sort of comfort uh, food, you know. And I, I, love, I love a chef, you know, no matter what level they're at, that has some junk food thing that they love. And 
I used to dig fried bologna sandwiches. Yes. Yeah. And they were great. On Wonder yeah. Bread with yellow mustard. <laughs> and right. Fried, burn it. Let it bubble up so it looks yeah. like a, a young breast <laughs> and, uh, on the frying pan. And that's your fried Ooh. bologna. But now, this morning, I just drove down. I love you guys, and I'm psyched to be here. I'm doing one night only. Uh, during the pandemic, I kind of did more acting and, and stuff like that. So I'm getting back to, out there on the stand-up seen but tonight i drove down from brooklyn and i had uh, a liquid elvis you guys know a liquid oh, elvis oh, oh, i've had it every 10 years the last 10 years can i guess yeah go All ahead right. it's uh gonna be like a juice like a shake that is banana and chocolate uh, close okay go ahead banana peanut butter almond milk Percocet. <laughs> now that's Elvis. That's, that's the liquid Elvis. That's when you got to do some morning radio. You drink one of those and you're ready to rock and roll. Are you, are you an Elvis fan? I'm a, I love Elvis. I mean, I'm I love massive. rock and roll. I love America. I love blues. I love shaking my hips. Uh, did you see the movie? Uh-huh. Did you see the recent movie? I did movie? see the movie. And, uh, and I loved hip-hop, but it was weird. They would have like... Hip hop trap beats. Yeah, he does that all the time. He did it in The Great Gatsby. Boz Lorman, the director. So he's taking like old swing songs and adds like a hip hop beat to him. That's his thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it threw me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. But I loved the rest of it. I thought the guy who performed was awesome. Actually, Austin Butler. And how it was shot looked very beautiful. The music I was a little up and down with. It's funny because a lot of comedians, like Eddie Murphy, massive Elvis fan. Like there's there's a lot of them that just. And I think the what they dig is like you know Eddie's big on also presentation, but they they love that that whole that period you know in in the world of it. And we were talking about that. I mean you know that there's I don't know if any if people. A lot of people appreciate it these days, but but that that whole thing. There's a great documentary called "This Is Elvis," you know. That's just crazy. Like go to the the movie theater would open up for him like at one o'clock in the morning, and he would go. And he, he he was taking uh, karate lessons at three a.m. You know. Yeah, he had the, it was like, a whole effed up schedule. Yeah, yeah. He was like the first celebrity super mega star. Yeah, yeah. But one of the cool things I thought that I read that he did was uh, he would just hang out and watch TV and plug in electric bass. And he would have the amp there and put his feet up on the amp and just rip bass lines <laughs> all day watching TV, eating fried peanut butter sandwiches. Right. Fried nanners, yeah. yeah fried nanners. Would... And I was like, oh, if I get a bunch of money, I'm just going to get electric bass <laughs> and sit around and just rip bass lines. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, that's cool. So yeah. the, um, uh, I was reading something, and I have to ask you about this, because you've done a lot of writing, you've done a lot of acting. But I was reading about your first few times up on stage and the way your act was. And, and you you did kind of like an Andy Kaufman thing where you would pur- purposefully tell bad stuff, right? There was yeah. an impression. And then you'd, you'd kind of fake a nervous breakdown. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe you dug that out. I just thought that's like, that's an insane move that to, to do on your in your first you know few years or a year or two as as a stand up because that's a bold move. Yeah, it was it was insane. Uh, yeah, I started in San Francisco and uh, I'm originally from DC. I had a sales job right out of college and I just like lost it. I couldn't deal with it after like three right. years. 
and I ended up in I ended up out in California trying to figure it out, and I found stand up comedy. But the bit was, yeah, I would go up there like I'm going to do stand up, I'm going to do stand up, and then I would start doing these bad jokes, and I would have a nervous breakdown, and then I would go out into the crowd and crawl underneath the table and start rocking. But then I would say to calm me down, I just need to sing some Shania Twain, and then I would start going. So glad we made it. Look out, and I go back on stage. And then I have like two or three like jokes. I had an old Paps Blue Ribbon joke that used to work. I go Paps Blue Ribbon. What contest did Paps win ribbon for? How could I get drunk for three dollars and fifty cents contest? Or which beer is going to make me defecate like a diseased dog in Tijuana? Those were the those were the old. But yeah, I would. That's all the comics on the scene thought. I was insane and weird. That's so Andy Kaufman-like, though, to, to do that. I saw a guy come out, and I used to do stand-up years ago. Yeah. Uh, but there was a guy who came out, and he he was introduced as a deaf comedian. All right? And the, the audience got on his side immediately, and they're loving his things. And the material is actually good. And at the end of his act, he betrayed that he was not deaf. And they turned on oh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They turned on him like crazy. And I never saw him at the club again, ever. I mean, it just that was it. I know. Doing those risky moves, like, it, you can get in there and maybe make a big splash. To get, but eventually my act kind of went more traditional. Right, like, yeah. But I, I think in the beginning you just got to make as much noise to find your voice. Sure. And finding my voice, uh, one of the guys that I ran, another Philly story just to drop real quick. The first time I ever played Philly was at the uh, Electric Factory uh-huh. opening for Mitch Hedberg. Oh, wow. And that was yeah. uh, insane. I mean, that was like the best that I remember. Uh, I, I opened up, I was like, give it up. And I was I was smoking a lot of pot back then. I smoked <laughs> a little bit of pot. But Mitch, he was on some other level right. thing. But I remember somebody gave me some hash. Yeah. And I smoked a little bong hit of hash <laughs> right before I went out on stage. It was oh. like, Philly, give it up for the Philly Bloods. And, <laughs> and, uh, it was just a, I just remember it was just a joyful three and a half minutes that I got to do. No, that's awesome, yeah. man. Rob, I spent some time on your Instagram page yesterday, and, and uh, there were a lot of things on there that were really making me laugh out oh. loud, especially like the cat stuff. Um, but I also found that there, you had a post about um, buying uh, weed legally in New York. And um, it, it was an interesting experience because when you walked outside, uh, you encountered two police officers, and it seemed like the, the friendliest exchange with those guys. Like they were just like, yeah, cool. Like it was, it was a legal purchase in New York City. Yeah, the, it's called the Housing Works. Was the very first legal dispensary. Give them a shout out. They grow all outdoor <laughs> cannabis all up in Hudson Valley next to turnips and stuff. So it tastes like whole food cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> whole foods cannabis. Yeah, yeah. It wow. just tastes like it doesn't. It doesn't give you a, a paranoia. I, 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 you know, I could talk for hours on that. But the weird thing is. Is in 2007, I moved, I just moved to New York from California, and I got arrested for a half a joint. I did three nights in the tombs. Wow. Do you guys know about the tombs is where you go right before Rikers. It's a federal holding cell. That's some law and order (laughs) gong gong type (laughs) stuff. So so I know know a a comedian who did did one night there. Yeah. I'm thinking of the same place. Like, it is not where you want to be. No. It was, I remember... And the disease-ridden, apparently. Yeah, it's stacked. It looks like some, like, dark tower from mythical... 
Exactly what it was. It was. It's an evil castle, but a single column, and wow. it looks like out of Lord of the Rings. It. You were smoking pot. I was smoking pot, marijuana. It was after a show in the Lower East Side, and the guy I was smoking with was a professional violinist. Oh, he was man. a symphony playing violin. You know, when you smoke pot, you end up next to a plumber and a violinist, and so yeah. and so we all got popped together. And I remember we and they were like, Rob, you got to go down to the the tombs and, and it's like seven stack cells and i'm going in and, and it's just like during giuliani like uh they're just picking up everybody off the street and i do think you know it was like i was the only uh caucasian dude in there and i had a red sweatshirt on and these big thick glasses and as soon as i come in there there's one guy on the toilet, and the toilet's out in the open, and yeah. he has an eye patch, oh, no. and he has uh, he's defecating in front of everybody. <laughs> Extreme diarrhea. He has an eye patch, and he's yelling for his methadone. Ah. Right? He's like, "Give me my methadone! Give me my methadone!" Oh. And nobody's acting like this is happening. Right? Oh, yeah. He's just hanging out, <laughs> trading cheese sandwiches. And I come in there, everybody eyes me up, and this one like Jamaican dude, Rastafarian. Yeah had thick dreadlocks down to here, and he wasn't nice, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. This guy wasn't singing Bob Marley, <laughs> all right? And he just eyes me up, and he goes, Yo, I found him. <laughs> He's pointing at you. There's Waldo. Uh, <laughs> there's Waldo. <laughs> and the whole jail started laughing, even the cops. Oh, my God. That's no. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. So, How did uh, you I, react to that? I started like I mean, Did it was the cool worst. cool or laugh cool, along? Cool, cool. Okay. You know, I think, I think humor is a self-defense mechanism. When everything goes wrong. Yeah. Like, you can use it. It's like karate. You can use it to mess somebody up. But it's mostly for when it goes down in yeah. your life. And it, that's when you got to joke and have fun. And I think everybody in that jail realized the situation. I think he realized the situation. <laughs> and he just saw a punchline, <laughs> and everybody busted out laughing. It's, and, a, it's uh, a hip joke for a, 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 a Rasta in a, in a jail cell. To I know, but I had a red sweatshirt yeah. on, and you see these big, thick glasses <laughs> in it, and I'm hanging with a violinist. So you, know? you, you do the, the cannabis coffee hour, you've done the marijuana logs, and, and so the, yeah, obviously you're, you're, you're a Doug Benson level, um, you know, uh, uh, pot aficionado. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you, with like New York, um, it, with the legalization, you still have states that are not. And as a traveling comedian, how aware do you have to be about where you're going and what you have on you and all that stuff? Yeah, I think now it's so wide open. You just have to be very smart with everything, like, yeah. whether it's the edibles and the dosage and. Where you get it. That's why I do like it being regulated, especially with the fentanyl and all that. Like, yeah. I do like to know where it's at. Uh, yeah, you got to know where you are. You got to know the laws. And I have gotten to a point where I don't need it all the time. I've been meditating. I'm almost at the point where I like meditating as much as smoking. That's good, man. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, great. I dig it. TM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. TM, 20 minutes in the morning. Pure darkness go right into my heart, you know, the whole night. Wow, everyone raves on that, and I, I, I do sort of a, um, I have sort of a, uh, a, a, a we have a hip, hypnotist, a hypnotherapist that we uh, work with on the show who does a smoking cessation, Dr. Rosenberg, and he gave me sort of a little little uh, a meditation, uh, you know. Right. I assume it's similar where you're counting backwards and, and you, you know, he's he's saying things, and and though I I, I can't take a nap if I listen to that, for about 20 minutes, it, I feel rested. 
You yeah. know, so I, is it is that? Do you get a rush after TM or what is the? Yeah, you do. I get I get a real, and it took a while. It's a lot like working out. And I say I was a spaz kid, pot yeah. smoker, ADD, the whole nine. And then it it's a lot like working out when you first start working out. And you're like, this is terrible. But then you ven- eventually get to a point like this is awesome. My, br- it's just a time to shut down your brain. You know, right. it's the time your brain, especially with TikTok and all this stuff, is just getting jammed all day long. It's true. So you're just training yourself to focus on your breath. Any dark thoughts, anything you you can drop them. Your brain isn't there to think all day. Your heart's there to lead you. Your brain's just to be like tie your shoes, figure out this program, right? Maybe uh, you know talk to this chick, whatever you know, <laughs> right, whatever yeah, you yeah. got in front of you. That's what your brain is for. But the bigger picture stuff, I think it's better to shut it. You know, try to quiet it. So do you feel as if like you're you're shedding that? Can you you physically? Feel as if you're shedding off that that those issues and uh, relieving yourself in a, in a sort of bathroom way. Yeah, yeah, you, know you do. Saying? I mean, not completely, but yeah. you learn to like. Uh, it's like learning to get out of your thinking mind and okay. more into your body mind. And your body mind is like you know, if you see a bird and it flies off right before a predator hits it, a bird has a little brain, but yeah. it knows yeah. instinctually. And I think that's where human beings. You know, that's where we're going towards. That's what, you know, this pandemic, like everybody and mushrooms are being legal and everybody's questioning everything and figuring out how to live. I think, you know, yeah, I think meditation's a part of it, it as well cool. as exercise. Yeah. You know, you, uh, you talk about um, in social media and, and uh, going to a concert and there's a bit attached to it, but it, it resonated with me yesterday because uh, there's, you know, a love-hate relationship with social media. It really can be wonderful and, and to connect with people, but um, you have this, uh, you know, you have this conversation about going to see a show prior to Instagram, prior to, to Twitter, and I've, I've resigned myself to do my best to put my phone away when I'm at a concert because I get distracted by thinking maybe I should post this or am I going to record this song for later or whatever. And so now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do my best to put it away. Um, When you go see a show now, if you you had a music concert, do you put your phone away or do you you succumb to the pressure of like, maybe I want to tweet this, maybe I want to put it on Instagram? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, I love live music, so I do think it's another dimension in terms of when you can lock in and kind of... And I was talking about a Grateful Dead show. I saw the dead with Jerry Garcia at oh, RFK. Wow. Yeah, wow. I was talking about that. Like, uh, the joke is, like, I was on a hit of acid when I was 19 watching Jerry, and then I saw I saw a dragon come out of his guitar. But guess what? I couldn't tweet about it. I couldn't post it to Instagram. I just had to accept it for what it is. It's a dragon. Uh, that is great. But, uh, it, but... You know, I used to make fun of the Grateful Dead, but as I gotten older and appreciate music and art, now I look back like, man, that is like like Elvis. They were one of the best American rock bands to ever. Our midday guy Pierre is that's 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 his band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grateful Dead and and uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Crosby, Stills and Nash. That one album is just. They don't have that many albums, but. You always put that album on, yeah. no matter what it is with Crosby. By the way, if you're just jumping in, Rob Cantrell is who we're speaking with. He's going to be at uh, Punchline uh, tonight, and it's an 8 o'clock show. PunchlinePhilly.com is one show tonight, and that is it. So get, get those tickets. tickets. And by on. the way, the, the Cannabis Coffee Hour, so I've, I've not listened to the podcast, but just the title alone speaks to me because... That's a match made in heaven as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Smoking a little weed, having a cup of coffee is like after I exercise, that's what I like to do. 
Same, same. That's uh, that's my has always been like with comedy. Stand up was so hard in the beginning, and I was a hard drinker in my twenties. I went to college. We were talking about I was a total in a fraternity, all that stuff. But uh, stand up just took a lot out of me, and it was if I kept on drinking at that level. I wasn't going to make it, especially yeah. you could drink for free at the club. Yeah, yeah. So I always went to uh, coffee and weed, which I always say is uh, I'm scared and jittery all day long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think it's the end all day. You know, I don't want to ever plug it like, you know, it's the end all to be all for everybody has their own gig. Yeah. You yeah. know, and as the end of the day out of vices, you know, you, you end up picking one, but as I get older, you start to drop them. Those are the two that but I've left around. Sounds okay. like you've had a really uh, organic progression. I mean, to, to, to TM and exercise is, you know, you, you ended up in a, in a good spot. So and you, you seem to be getting what you're what you were getting before out of this, correct? Yeah, yeah. completely. And, and, you know, appreciation of life. The, uh, the thing about TM is just expanding consciousness is what they're saying and that's just being aware of everything that's around you and that brings you to more appreciation and as you get older you're just like man life is so good like we've talked about Hedberg passed away I used to open for Ralphie May for years I was on the very first last comic standing with Ralphie you know Uh, yeah all these like peers of mine that have gone you know and then it's like Man, I don't know how much time I got. I got to do this one night in Philly. Let's go what, all out. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's going to be Preston it's, Steve. It's going to be great. But you, you talk about that, and you know, people pass away and so on and so forth. What was what was Mitch like? What was you know, sweet dude. Yeah, sweet, sweet. I, I, that was the bummer. Is like, I am kind of an introvert, you know, yeah. deadhead, uh, empathetic type of cat, and he was that as well. But he wasn't a pushover. Like, he was a rock star. He, he crushed, always had great jokes. And he, the, and yeah, he was, he, you know, he was, he did mess with uh, hard drugs and yeah. drinking. To me, I think he was an alcoholic. And so, and then he got messed, and then he got tied in. And that's a, a different level of addiction to break out of. It. And that's hard, especially when you're touring theaters and doing all that. Such a sharp mind, even if he was doing all that stuff to keep as sharp as he was, it's pretty miraculous. Yeah, he was very, he cared about comedy. Yeah. He cared even more than I, you know, there's, I got to tour with Tracy Morgan before the pandemic and he cared as well. Like, you don't think these guys, you think these guys are crazy and right. slobs, but when you get backstage and they're talking about jokes and performing and comedy and trying to be as funny as possible, like they're dead serious. Uh, but the cool thing about Mitch, I never heard him trash any other comedian. Uh, like he never, like most comedians, you know, they'll yeah. trash everybody. <laughs> they're always talking. He never was a gossip dude. Uh, was completely, you know, maybe it was the heroin, but I mean, he was like, he was completely lucid and kind. Uh, he took me and my cousin out to Outback Steakhouse in Sacramento one time. Oh, you know? I would have loved to have seen that dinner. So what's he like at the Outback Steakhouse? Oh, he just, you know, blooming onions all day. You know, he was just a cool guy. You know, yeah. that's the only thing. It's he, he was cool, man. Uh, and there's... It, you know, cool people, you don't see them that much, but when they're around, it's like it brings your blood pressure down. Yeah, it's, and I always found that maybe you've found this, is that it's the most talented people that are actually, like, the kindest and most giving and encouraging, you yes. know, and, and that aren't likely to backstab and all that stuff because there's no covetous sort of thing about them. Yeah, I mean, it took me a long time to learn that, and I because jealousy and showbiz is all that, but... If you're really doing it, doing it, you don't have time to think about other 
other yeah. people and jealousy. Like you're thinking about the moment. You're thinking about I need to kill as hard as I can on Preston Steve. I need to get to the next thing. Yep, we're doing it. Well, you know? you go, you're doing it, and right. you're going to do it tonight. Yeah. Yep. Punchline tonight at 8 o'clock, one uh, show only, and you can go to punchlinephilly.com. Don't take so long to yeah. to visit again, man. Yeah, I want to come back. Want want next back, time I right? come through. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. Yeah, it's great to see you. Thanks for being here, yeah, bud. Appreciate it. Rob Pantrell, guys. Go see him at Punchline. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Keith Jones, Jonesy, is going to be joining us in just a second. Hang on. Yeah, we want to go for a ride in the car. Our tail is so wagging right now. Take us along with the MMR app. It's Apple CarPlay and Android compatible, which means we get to sit in the dashboard screen. We'll even send you notifications if you want. Download it and try it now. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back. And this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Window Nation, you feeling the heat, mm, are you? High temps aren't the only thing that are getting you hot under the collar. Wait till you see those energy bills. The solution, call my friends at Window Nation for new energy-efficient windows. And right now you get 50% off any style window. Bows, bays, double hung, sliders, 50% off. Plus zero down, zero payments, and 0% interest for 24 months. And this week only, you can receive an additional 10% off. 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them we sent you. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the president is joining us. President of the Flyers, please welcome Mr. Keith Jones. Hey! To the show. How are you guys? Dude, we are awesome. finally join you guys. Yeah, (laughs) finally, Keith Jones can be on our program because he used to work at a different radio station. (laughs) And they didn't want him on here, but uh, we got him now. But, hey, Jonesy, congratulations, man. I I know you're... You're hearing that pretty much every day uh, since the announcement was made, but we want to offer that congratulations to you. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. And the one thing I appreciate the most is the reaction from people that I've run into uh, just through my everyday, you know, working life right now as I still continue to do, you know, the NHL games on TNT. I'm finishing that up. I'm actually in Carolina getting ready for game one tonight, but have had a great opportunity to be back you know, in Philly over the last week and that have many, you know, positive, constructive conversations uh, with fans. And I think that's something that uh, we want to make sure we continue to do as we look to build this thing back up and get back on track and start giving our fans something to be proud of again. Uh, we, we hear you. We get it. <laughs> so I get you do. It. You but, do. But, but the feedback you're getting is um, this is a good idea. Having Keith Jones as president, that's that's you're, you're feeling that. I, I absolutely am. Good. Yeah, and then I, I I feel it internally as well. So it's um, it's just like a it's a really good uh, feeling for me. But the reinforcement from the people I'm running into means a lot. So I'm uh, I'm quite confident we're going to get it right. But I'm telling you, that is the plan. 
And for anyone that's out there that's uh, wondering where we're heading, we're going to keep you informed in that regard and, and, and bring you along for the journey. Nice. So, Jonesy, in Carolina tonight, I know you were just in Vegas not that long ago as well, and seeing those teams advance uh, to the, the now the conference finals, it's got to be interesting, and I'm wondering if your perspective has changed much from because uh, you've been calling games for a long time, but now you have to watch them in a slightly with a different perspective. Has that changed how you look at the games and maybe even call them? Yeah, not really, because I, that's kind of the way I've always looked at them. I've always tried to, you know, break down and analyze exactly what I'm seeing in front of me. As I know, you guys have JJ on there a lot. I'm, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a note taker. Uh, I do games with basically a blank uh, slate. I come in and just do the game because I, I think that's really important as for an analyst. And I'll pass this on to whoever is replacing me. Uh, you're there to, you know, speak of your experiences and and use your keen sense of the game to relay to the fans exactly what you're seeing. So it's kind of been a natural thing for me. Um, obviously, it's a little bit weird now, you know, being the president of the Flyers, <laughs> and I am still calling games, not going to lie. Um, it is but, a little weird. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I but I'm, I'm, I've been so well received by the teams that I'm covering um, that, you know, I just want to do a great job for them, a great job for the sport and make sure the fans can appreciate, you know, just how well these final four teams have done. But at the same same time, recognize what we need to do, you know, to get back and, and be in this type of competitive environment uh, with so much interest around the teams that are playing right now. Well, you know, the thing, and it, uh, Nick and I had a conversation, uh, the, you know, the morning, you know, you were announced, and um, it, it's it's it, it it's a brilliant move because what happens is that I think the fandom in large part gets the sense that the people who are making the decisions are a number of steps removed, and you're in a you're in a, in a rare position. You're a conduit between the fan and you know the front office in in what you've been doing up to now. Obviously, you know uh, other aspects as well, having you know played, but the. The truth is you are a conduit uh, for that, and you have a rare skill set and a rare bit of knowledge that a lot of people who have been making decisions up to this point aren't aware of. And that that's going to serve you, I believe, really well. Yeah, I, I think that was really what I was able to convey to the folks that were doing a lot of the interviews. Um, you know, I, I went in there and just told my story on how I got here what I've done. Um, you know, I'm not going to say I've had accomplishments, but you know, I've still had a job for a long time in that, in the city of Philadelphia. And as you guys know, it's a very challenging place and in a unique way that really drives you to make sure that, you know, you recognize you're being held accountable and you have to perform on a daily basis. And, um, and being in a position where I was able to, you know, talk to the fans through flyer games and also, you know, through the radio, uh, people have a pretty good idea of, of who I am. And now I have a chance to show them that um, I know, you know, quite a bit about hockey. And I, <laughs> I have, you know, a plan that can kind of, you know, help with the people that we have in place, get our team back on track. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, important aspect of, of being a leader is being able to properly uh, delegate and, uh, you know, um, 
there are so many people within your organization that uh, that you're going to have to put in, you know, the right positions to make the right decisions in order to, you know, stuff this roster with talent. Now, you were drafted in the seventh round. Unfortunately, the Flyers were not awarded the first pick in the draft, which, you know, apparently this kid that's uh, going to go number one is is generational player. Um, but you don't have to find talent in the first round or with the seven picks. So, um, you know, and we talked to Torts last year when he was uh, named the coach and asked him about his scouting skills. And he's like, no, that's not what I do. He's like, he coaches the players on the ice. And so I, I don't know what your scouting skills are like or um, what you, uh, you have in, in place uh, to, you know, looking ahead for this year's draft coming up. Yeah, our amateur scouts are going to be so critically important. One of, one of the great things about this organization is we have the resources to go and make sure we get the best people. We have a lot of them. We're going to continue to add where necessary. We're going to make some adjustments in, in certain areas of the organization. Uh, but there is going to be a huge emphasis on our drafting. Uh, this, that's how we're going to get this thing turned around. We have to make some great picks. Uh, we have to make sure that we go out and uh, find the right players. Yeah, I was a seventh round pick. We need one of those. We're going to need a couple of guys in the fourth round. We're, we're going to have to have players that progress. And I think that's something that is kind of flatlined here with the Flyers over the last few seasons. Players come up. And, you know, some have continued to develop and excel and others have really just stayed the same. We don't want that. We want to project where they're going to be and turn them into star players at some point uh, throughout their career. And hopefully that's with the Flyers. You've lived in the United States for quite a long time. You're aware that people kind of smile and smirk when Canadians say organization, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> well, well aware of that. It, I, we, we find it delightful. Yeah, I love it. It's you part know. of the charm, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, uh, Jonesy, I saw a, a really interesting press conference and a perspective from Tortorella the other day where um, the Flyers, they, they've not been successful as a team over the last few years, and that's obvious to everyone, right? And, and one of the criticisms has been, well, they always hire from within. And Torts was saying... Why is that a bad thing? Jonesies of the world and the Danny Briers of the world, they're going to care more because they've, they've spent time with this organization. The, the, the pride is attached with the orange and black means something to them. And I thought that was such a refreshing way. I love hearing Tortorella speak. He, he has such a um, candid perspective on so many things, but he also brings just a brutal honesty to all of it. Uh, do you agree with what he was saying about just sort of having this pride when it comes to the Flyers? There's no doubt about it. And I, I've known John for a long time. We actually worked in television together back in Canada huh. uh, at TSN in 2014. So I got to know him away from the microphone. I got to know him as the person that he is. Uh, he is just a super guy. He's a, he's a good human being. And he knows how to make players play and collectively bring them together. You know, he's won a Stanley Cup. You know, it's a while ago, but to win a Stanley Cup is an incredible accomplishment. And he's been there and done it, and he knows what it takes. So he is a, he is a very intelligent hockey man that recognized when he arrived here that things were not right, uh, started to, you know, kind of fix some things and get the kind of turn that ship around. So to me, he has flyer qualities. To me, when he was hired, he seemed like, a flyer coach. It seemed like an easy choice to me. Uh, I'm so happy that he's in place when I arrive, and that's one position that I don't have to worry about. And I'm going to really, you know, use a lot of the information that he's collected over his coaching career 
to make sure that uh, we do our, our part to get him, you know, the type of players that he needs and also work with him on working with some other guys and maybe looking at things in a different way than maybe he has previously. And I know he's open to that as well. Uh, with you being in and around that building for as long as you have, you know, your 20 years with the, with in, in the broadcast booth alone uh, and being in that industry, um, do you finally get a better parking spot as a president, <laughs> Keith? I get, I, I get two of them. Oh, oh, look at this. And another number, too. So, yeah, I, I feel pretty special about that. <laughs> hey, even the wife gets a place to park. So oh, she's happy look at that. Home run. And that alone is worth it, I'm telling you. Sometimes I'd rather have VIP parking than to be able to even go into an event sometimes. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask about, um, you know, obviously we know what you're going to miss uh, about being on the broadcast side of things, you know, working with JJ, uh, being in that live environment in front of a live audience and things like that. What will you not miss quite so much about doing the broadcast side of things, Keith? I, I guess the only thing would be the travel. Uh, that's, uh, you know, and going back and forth, especially when I was doing the morning radio as well, there was many nights that I arrived back in Philadelphia around 2 a.m. and hopped up at 4.30 and went in and did the show. And and one of the greatest lessons I learned about that was be there when you're there. Really, that's your job. Do your job when you arrive and do it well. No, Not one, you know, when you're doing multiple jobs, do them all well. Don't just show up and, oh, I'm tired from the night before. There is no tired. There's no tired in radio, as you guys know, and doing mornings. And there's no tired when you show up to do your other jobs. But there was some times when it was trying. There's no doubt about that. But I I think I did a pretty good job of making sure that when I showed up for work, I showed up and did the best job that I could do. And it's, it's, you listen, when you, I love seeing hockey in person. That's the, the, the one sport for me that you, when you see it in person, it's, it's just, it, it, I love it uh, on television, but it goes up another level. It's just, it's just an amazing thing. And, and the times that we've been, even recently, uh, Nick and I were, were at a, a game and, uh, you know, th- there's just this energy. There's so many fans. There's so things. So de- they so desperately want things to change. They're so loyal. They're so they're so there. But uh, I mean, will you will you? I don't know. Ha- have something akin to a to a fan um, uh, uh, suggestion box or something. You know what I'm saying? Oh, because yeah. because it's so important. I, I, I think. I, I'm a living suggestion box. Yeah, I, mean, I, I talk to the fans all the time, so I get it. I want it. I, you know, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to play in playoff games wearing the Flyers uniform. Yeah, when that place was packed and rocking, I've been fortunate to cover Flyers playoff games and been incredibly amazed on how that building gets going. I think we watched it with the Phillies last year yeah. when there wasn't a lot of interest. You know, midway through the season, and all of a sudden, when it looked like hey, this team's going to make the playoffs, we watched and witnessed what happened at Citizens Bank Park. We want that back. Uh, we're not there yet. We are going to get there, but uh, we're going to make sure we take the right steps in order to do that. But there is no doubt that a Wells Fargo Center that's rocking with playoff hockey is where we want to go <laughs> and where we want to be. We're going to find a way to get there. Excellent. So speaking of the playoffs, and because this is the first time we've ever been able to have you on our show, I've never been able to ask you this question on air. But in 2000, the Flyers played a game uh, that you played in, Keith, and it went five overtimes. And there was one player on both the Penguins and the Flyers in five overtimes that did not even register a shot. That was you. (laughs) How is that possible? 
That's it's it's one of the best uh, memorabilia pieces that I have. I have that game sheet mm. on on the wall at the house, and we have a small house for right now. We moved out of the farm, but that thing is prominently placed in a spot that everybody can come in and get a chuckle of. I played thirty seven minutes and fifty seconds in that game. I had zeros in every category except missed shots. I had two missed shots at the game. And I had a plus one because I was on the ice for the game-winning goal by Keith Primo. That was uh, that was a, a good indication that I would retire shortly after. <laughs> <laughs> Things were not going well at that point, but we did win the game and won the series, and then went on to play the Devils, and unfortunately lost in that conference final. But it was a blast, and that is one of the things that I was one of my keepsakes that I continually am reminded of when I walk by it. That's nice. great. Keeps you humble. Uh, another perk of uh, being president does it have? Uh, did they give you Gritty's cell phone number? Like, can you kid? Is he at your beck and call now? That uh, you know what? I'm going to have to ask about that. There I have not been given Gritty's cell phone number. I don't know if I called him if he can speak. He's more of a texter, I think. Yes, he actually makes uh, squeak sounds. Uh, we've noticed uh, from the uh, from the hand, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that'd be tough to have a common phone yeah. conversation unless you know, you know, Morse code or something like that. But texting, I think that'd be a let's do the idea. texting. Yeah, listen, Keith, we're, we were we were excited to hear the uh, the news, not only about you but Danny as well. Uh, you know, we love yeah. him being in the uh, the GM position. So uh, I know that they've uh, they've released a uh, a slogan ahead of time. Uh, you know, ahead of your announcement, and that is the new era of orange. So we're hoping that this all comes together. We think all the pieces are in the right place, and we just want to sit back and watch it happen, man. So uh, we're excited for the future. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, guys. I'm a, I'm a big Danny Breer uh, fan as well, and I look forward to him doing a great job for us. We're going we're gonna to put the work in. You can be sure of that, and we're going to do our best to get it right. Now we can have you on the show consistently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We would be, we would love that. Uh, I would love to be in, you know, to be around and make sure that uh, we're accessible to all our fans. Thank, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, got you it, Jonesy. Man. Congratulations, yeah. Keith Jonesy, President. Once again, the President. I like that the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, I, I think that's a great call. I mean, again, he's got uh, experiences. He's got exposure. He's got a skill set that. You know that's very unique, and I yeah. think will serve the organization very well. And and he's he's not an untouchable. Him, no. him and Danny, when when they when they put uh, you know names that you don't know in there or that that don't have a direct connection to the city, it's like okay, here's there's a figurehead. Yeah, there, but you got these guys. We know these guys, uh, and that's huge. Um, all right, so we got a little bit of time. We're going to talk to Glenn Howerton a little later on, around ten o'clock, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, obviously. Uh, but he's got a new movie called Blackberry, which is out in theaters now. But we got a couple of minutes that I'd yeah. like to kill beforehand. Let's that's kill it. Uh, so I think we're going to open up shop uh, and head down to the general store. We haven't oh. been there in a while. So time to head down to the general store where everyone leaves completely clappy. Clappy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I had a couple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's one for sure. Uh, this is in both the automotive and the uh, uh, at the butcher counter. By the way, people don't realize... From the outside, again, it appears very small, but it's a sprawling oh, store. Yeah. Wait, is it car and butcher counter? Yeah. It's the yeah. same counter? Same counter. It is, yeah. because the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile is now going to be named the Frankmobile. Uh, they are renaming uh, it for the first time in nearly a century-long existence. So, technically, is Oscar Mayer 
um, uh, better known? Because there, is there there's a delineation between a frankfurter and a hot dog, isn't there? Oh, I don't know. In a frank, is a frank a wiener? Is a wiener a frank? I don't know. Huh. I mean, listen, the, the main reason that Oscar Mayer is known for wieners is because the old theme song. Yeah. I wish, wish I was an Oscar, Oscar Mayer wiener. All right, so I know the etymology of both, believe it or not. Frankfurters came from the German city of Frankfurt. Okay. Right. Wieners, are, it's from Vienna. The, the German word for oh. Vienna is, is Wien. Um, and so I'm wondering if there's a delineation between those, like, the original sausages that were made from both of those places. Probably. There has to be, right? Yeah. So, okay. Does Wiener Schnitzel come Wiener from that sausages. region? Yes, but Wiener, Schn- Wiener Schnitzel is not like a hot dog. Wiener no, Schnitzel. no, but yeah. I'm just curious of the name. Yep. No, it's it's uh, pork yep. is what uh, Wiener Schnitzel is. Uh, so, interesting. All right, so... Well, I guess hot dogs can be pork, too. Yes, or all... I'm, I'm a fan of the all-beef Frank. Uh, I like them all. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I had the first uh, yesterday... Yesterday, yesterday, day before yesterday, I had the first hot dog that I've had in oh. a long, long time. How was that? It was fantastic. They're great. Yeah. They're great. I used yeah. to, I was eating, you know my story. Yeah. It's been told time and time again by troubadours. <laughs> uh, I, I would have the 7-Eleven yeah. hot dog at least three or four times a week. Friggin' love those things. Yeah, they're, uh, and I like hot dogs cooked in uh, multitudes of ways, right? So boiled, grilled, mash them, stick them in a stew, but... Um, <laughs> The newest is air fried. It is mm-hmm. air fried hot dog. Air fried hot dog is, and also, dude, last night, uh, and just to, we're going to bring it back to hot dogs. I air fried uh, s'mores last night. <gasps> oh yeah! Holy moly! It's going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Does the air fry make the like casing a little crispy? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. It, it is really, really good. Uh, so anyhow, yeah, they're changing it to uh, Frank Mobile. I don't like that. Not Oscar Mayer said that uh, they were coy about whether the name change is permanent, telling CNN that it's trying to see if it, quote, cuts the muscle. <laughs> oh, yeah! Uh, yes! Nailed it! Uh, my guess is, in fact, Wienermobile is a more convivial, nice... Wienermobile. Frankmobile is on the way to the Frankensteinmobile. Well, mm. also, there's no need to change the name. Everybody knows the Wienermobile. You don't have to call it the Frankmobile. Like, could you imagine if they changed the Batmobile's name to... To the Frankmobile? Yeah, the... It wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> the Robin <laughs> Wagon? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, it's the brand's new recipe for hot dogs, apparently... Uh, oh. Represents the first change to Oscar Mayer's Franks in six years. This is very cynical. Uh, customers will soon see refreshed packaging and taste a more balanced flavor profile and iconic beefy taste that is more delicious than ever. A spokesperson said, while some competitors focused on having strong flavors on a few aromatics like garlic and or onion, our team worked to balance these out while still keeping strong beef brothy notes throughout the dog. What the hell is he talking about? Uh, the Wienermobile dates back to 1936, by the way, when Carl Meyer told his uncle Oscar. Oh, I didn't know that's how they got the Uh-oh. name. Oscar um, Meyer. About a new advertising idea. Leave that- me alone. That was a literal marketing vehicle for the company. Oscar Meyer now has six of the 23-foot-long vehicles. Uh, we travel across the U.S., and uh, they go to state fairs and grocery stores and sports competitions and promote the brand. So it, One was here one day. It was awesome. Yeah. I think that this is just a, um, a scheme of gimmick. Stunt. I think they'll change back to the Wienermobile, but it's uh, they're just kind of freshening things up a tad bit. Uh, by the way, uh, the vehicle that it's sitting on, I know we had, we had this story, and I don't know if you remember... What is the vehicle it's that's like actually sitting on? Like or a something Pontiac, like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like a, like, 
I forgot what it was yeah. uh, specifically what it's made from, but yeah, it's it's a pre-existing vehicle that they have modified into cool. the Wienermobile, into now the Frank Mobile. Yeah, when the uh, there's footage of the uh, Wienermobile and the Mr. Peanut Mobile. Oh right, driving <laughs> yeah. past each other on yeah. the highway. Phenomenal. <laughs> like how? What are the you know yeah. what are the chances of that? Oh, I just thought of a sled for for Peanut. Next year at yes. Cardboard Classic. Do the Oscar. We, have we ever had a Wienermobile? I don't I think so. Think Do you think have so? Have we? I feel like Maybe we have. We have. I feel like we it, have. it sounds like we have. Ooh. I'll do some digging. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, that's um, that's a little news to pass along. Love it. So, all right, let me go back in. We're in the uh, general store. And this time around, we're going into the sporting goods section. I want to see what you guys think about this. Now, it has to do with rugby. Okay. But I'm wondering if this could be incorporated incorporated into my fantasy life. Now, my son plays rugby. Okay. Uh, I'd like to apologize to Jennifer Garner (laughs) and her pool boy, Ben Affleck, for incorporating them into my fantasy life. Uh, So, new smart ball technology will be uh, trialed at next month's Under-20 Rugby World Championship. I can handle <laughs> we have a clip of the ball right here. He's Turn a, it on. He's yeah. a smart... I can handle things. I'm smart. <laughs> well, we know how he feels about it. <laughs> the ball is spoken. Is will... The ball's touchy when you question his intellect. <laughs> it will uh, help officials rule on, and these are these are uh, uh, certain rules in um, in in rugby, like they're called tries, ball and touch. Line... Can't you give me a straight answer? <laughs> Yeah, so tries are essentially a touchdown. Line-out trajectory and forward passes. All right. So World Rugby is working with analytics company Sportable and equipment manufacturer Gilbert Gilbert. at at the event uh, to explore how the emergence of new technology and artificial intelligence can help shape the future of the sport, aid the flow of the game, and take fan experience to the next level. So... They're essentially going to use this to help them uh, do some officiating. So we know, yeah, I've seen some things, um, and obviously the AI and all that stuff is going to be mm-hmm. um, giving this very incontrovertible information, for, you know, that the machines are gleaning. Uh, some people like the issue of the human touch that's making the decision and making the call. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I don't know, we've had this conversation countless times about the different things they come I, up technologically. Does does it rob it of it? I mean, if I don't you won so. legitimately, yeah. you need to know that. That's what I'm thinking. And you get an instantaneous call right. on it. I can't stand the throwing it up to whatever, out of state to some, you know. So, in NFL... Uh, w- when they make a uh, a call, mm-hmm. w- w- um, they're looking for a call back from the um, the review staff. Where is that? That's that's Secaucus. Secaucus, right? Okay, uh, and it, it, you can cut that down to a to a you know a, a, a millisecond. Yeah, it'll be instantaneous. Uh, so the idea of the new ball tracking system is to help officials make accurate decisions more quickly and deal with a number of common but challenging aspects of law. Yeah, so the thing about rugby is it is a ongoing kinetic sort of sport. It's right. not, you know, like, so when somebody is tackled, uh, that play's not over. The play does continue. Yeah, that's a good point. And so when they need to make these decisions in real time, you know, maybe that will, will help with okay. that. Okay, so right. good The smart ball is tracked in 3D and real time with beacons p- positioned around the pitch to determine its exact position up to 20 times per second and provide immediate feedback on every kick, pass, and throw. So imagine football. I mean, the only things that would have to be uh, 
a little bit more closely monitored. I mean, obviously, it, it would be essentially in touchdowns and first downs. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it would be placement of the of the player's feet probably would be a concern for, for touchdowns. But if it breaks the plane and they have possession, then you would have that immediately. There wouldn't be any Correct. guesswork in whether or not it does get into, you know, the end zone. Yeah, maybe <laughs> offsides or something like that. But, Casey, I was thinking about it with football, like and, and Preston just said. If there's an exact spot of where the ball is when the play stops. There you go. You know, it, because it is such a game of inches. And every now and then you'll see a first down marker come out and it's a centimeter. Yeah, you know? or you'll see the ref put the ball down and go, mm, they shorted him an inch or two. And an yeah. inch or two counts. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. I, I, I'm curious as to whether... This trial in the game of rugby will, I, I guarantee you, will speak to other sports it's if they have success prob- with it. Probably why they picked rugby so they can see how it goes. It's not, you know, it's nobody really cares. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody cares about rugby. No. Actually, there are a lot of leagues in our area. A whole lot. There are yeah, plenty there, of people that play rugby. It's crazy. So, so my son yeah. plays for his high school team, but it's what's weird is a, a lot of the games that they'll play um, on the weekends are. Against like clubs, hmm. so it'll be the you know his high school versus like the Berks County huh. rugby club. Do you right. like the sport? I, I yeah, I do. But the problem is, I'm um I don't know all the rules yet. Right? Yeah. You know, so there are, you know things that are happening where I'm like I, I don't know why that happened, and and so uh, and, and as a matter of fact, there was after one of uh, their games, I, I talked to the ref, and I'm like, listen, I'm like I'm I'm just asking you, like, I'm not, like, here, I'm not being combative, but I'm like, why did this happen? Like, it looked like we got the ball back, and then you guys whistled it dead. And essentially, uh, it was a delayed penalty. So, like, in hockey, you know when a delayed penalty is. There, first of all, there's less people on the ice and blah, 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 but you see the uh, the ref's arm go up. Right. I wasn't looking for things like that, so, you know, the ref's arm went up, and, um, and so the play continued, and then when the play didn't uh, continue in favor of the team that the penalty was convicted, committed against the play then stopped okay. you, know, you know what i mean right. like so like With this yes. you could just ask the ball yeah, yeah. And, and they could tell you they could give you a i can handle things i'm smart right uh, yeah the ball knows what's yeah up. yeah, yeah. The ball, and if you're getting too aggressive the ball yeah. will say back off war child yeah. <laughs> seriously, seriously. <laughs> uh, hang on i gotta do the uh, right. back off war oh, you're looking for that back uh, off war child seriously <laughs> uh, you found it fast. Um, when we were in high school, uh, rugby was a club. It was, it was not, a club. Yeah. yeah, it was not a sanctioned team. When we, is Seamus is an actual high school uh, rugby team. It's a team. Okay. Yeah, I mean they've got funding from the school. And yeah, it was. It was that. sort of like an outside non varsity team. But I, I had a bunch. Oh, of almost friends. like intramural. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. And I had a bunch of friends that played it, but they would play against other clubs from other schools. But it, I, I don't know what the, really what the difference. Did is. you have to like? All right, so. Your uniforms, all the equipment, and all that yeah. sort of stuff was basically funded by the players and, and the parents themselves, right? Yes, that's it. Okay, and so, Chico's bail bonds. Well, so believe it or not, I was on like the very first uh, oh, uh, lacrosse team at Cardinal Harrow High School, and like we started it, and it was a club at that point. So you okay. had your own helmets, your you know, and um, you know your own uniforms and stuff like that. And it was the same thing at, at her you sinus. would knit your own helmets <laughs> when I played at her sinus. It was a club thing as well. So, like, you had to provide your own equipment. That's, stuff. that's yeah. heavy duty. Here's a text that says, I played rugby for four years in high school. I was a team captain. I still don't know all the rules to this <laughs> day. <laughs> Hang on. Before we move on to the next section, Deb has an update here on uh, Cardboard Classic for us. Hi, Deb. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Sorry to bother you guys at work today again. <laughs> it's okay. Know, we need the help. What's up? <laughs> so, um, Mr. Peter 
Peanut actually did have the um, Oscar Meyer, Meyer Wienermobile as a sled, I believe, the year before. He did. Yeah, we have a right. picture up in the studio. You're We're exactly at, right. We're looking at it now. And it was spectacular. Preston, How dare me for not remembering <laughs> that. I'm in it, not aren't only, I? You're, in it, you're driving it. <laughs> I was driving it. <laughs> it won third place in 2019. Yep. That's yep. you in the Come on, give us a break. <laughs> Shows you what I know. Thank you, Deb. We love you. Appreciate it. All right. Um, yes, Casey. There was something else I wanted to add about rugby, and now I forget what it was. All right, if you think of it, uh, come back to it because I want to. I want to okay. move on to other parts of the story. Here. Get to. We've got, uh, we got other. <laughs> guests. Close up. Yeah, guests coming up, and I can't do just two of these stories. I got to do at least another one. So, uh, we're now headed into uh, there's a, there's a religious section there is. of oh. the store. You can buy now for purchasing religious artifacts for, or, yeah. or just in general theology. Uh, in general theology. Okay. Uh, so Pope Francis. Interrupted his He's week, back there. His weekly audience. Francis. His weekly audience with the faithfully interrupted it to take a phone call the wow. other day, keeping oh people God. in St. Peter's Square waiting for more than a minute. Uh, an aide came over and handed a cell phone to the pontiff. Yes, go for the Pope. And <laughs> well, do, do you have two percent? <laughs> Somebody stopping off and picking up milk for him. Uh, so the pontiff uh, gestured to a man who is due to give a reading from a podium to wait. So he, he got to help. He said, hang on a minute, man. I got to record a cameo. Gotta... One second. <laughs> hey, Gus, here you're having a birthday. That's awesome. Uh, I hope you're a good Catholic or not. Uh, one of those other religions, you know. Um, you know what team I'm on. Yeah. Anyway, have a great time, and I hope you get lots of presents. Okay, where were we? <laughs> uh, the During the interruption, the only sound that could be heard from the Vatican uh, broadcast of the event was that of seagulls flying overhead. <laughs> no. Oh, we oh need those. As, uh, <laughs> what the hell is that? As, uh, cameras, Shut up! as cameras shifted from the Pope to the crowd. Uh, the Vatican press office. You don't say. Which, you don't say. You don't say. What did he say? Who was he it? He didn't say. Yeah. Who was it? He didn't say. Uh, the Vatican press office, uh, which normally does not comment on Francis's private conversations, did not respond to questions about the call. Uh, while the 86-year-old Pope has been critical of cell phones in the past and has warned Catholics against becoming addicted to their devices... Hold on a second. This guy, you say you can save me some money on my home insurance. Uh, similar incidents have happened before. Uh, in 2021, on at least two occasions, Francis excused himself to take a call at the end of a general audience when members of the clergy lined up to greet him. So, you know, he's got to take calls every now and then. That's the way it works He's a out. busy man. He's, a busy he's the man. Pope. How's his health? We've heard that he had some issues recently. You know, I haven't seen anything about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know. Maybe he was talking to uh, the uh, walk-in care center. All right, we're going to stay in the religion section of... of- Uh, in the religion section of the store, an 1,100-year-old Hebrew Bible that is one of the world's oldest surviving biblical manuscripts sold for $38 million in New York yesterday. Give me the specs on this again. It's called the Codex Sassoon, and it is an 1,100-year-old Hebrew Bible. From the Videl Sassoon? It, vid, I, I don't know. Uh, it's a leather-bound... I've got a little bit about how I okay. got the name. It's a leather-bound... Oh, wow. We're looking at a picture of it. ...handwritten parchment volume containing a nearly complete Hebrew Bible. It was that, purchased by former U.S. Ambassador to Romania, Alfred H. Moses. Well, there we go. Oh, man. On behalf of the American yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I'm in that family. Of ANU and donated to ANU Museum of the Jewish People in Tel Aviv, where it will join the collection. So what we're looking at is is pretty amazing. It's um, huge. Yeah, it's gigantic, yeah. and it has, you know, this is something that you say, okay, that's got to be worth a lot. Obviously, it is. But, like, we've all, you know, and I don't write that much anymore. I type uh, mainly, but... Do you think there's any, like, scribbles in this thing? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I wrote, you know. And, and well, uh, I see right here, Casey, is the uh, one of the lyrics from Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, so, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sotheby's specialist Sharon Lieberman-Mintz said that the $38 million price tag, which includes the auction house's fee, reflects the profound power, influence, and significance of the Hebrew Bible, which is an indispensable pillar of humanity. So I'm looking at it, and it's written from right to left, right? That's what it appears it? to be, yes. Uh, if it's Hebrew, it would be written the other way. Uh, oh, right to left. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. I was singing left to right. right. Uh, if it's Hebrew, yeah, it would be written right to left, right. I assume, yeah. So it's one of the highest prices for a manuscript sold at auction. Uh, in 2021, a, a rare copy of the U.S. Constitution sold for $43 million. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci's Codex Lester sold for $31 million in 1994, wow. or around $60 million in today's do- uh, dollars. Uh, the Codex Sesson is believed to have been fabricated sometime between 880 and 960. It's a mind blower. It got its name in 1929 when it was purchased by David Solomon Sasson, a son of an Iraqi Jewish business magnate who filled his London home with his collection of Jewish manuscripts. Uh, Sasson's estate was uh, broken up after he died and the biblical codex was sold by Sotheby's in Zurich in 1978 to the British Rail Pension Fund. For around three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, or one point four million dollars wow. in today's uh, equivalent, so uh, it's gone up quite a bit. By the way, Steve, do you remember the uh, the Sesson jingle? Ooh, Sesson. Ooh, ooh la la, Sesson. Yeah, I do remember that. La la. So, is this uh, just the Torah, or is it the Old and New Testaments? I don't know. Uh, it wouldn't be the. I doubt no. it would be the New Testament. No, uh, but it's no. called it's called the Hebrew Bible. You would have to look that up, Case. I don't know. Yeah. What all uh, books are in the Hebrew Bible? So okay, but I mean it, that is a, um, I mean it's a chunk of change. Yeah, I just I don't know. Ago. I assume there's a there's an audio book version of that, probably. Right? Yeah. So it says here, case the text of the Hebrew Bible, which uh, whose twenty four books made up what the Christians call the Old Testament, remained in flux until the early Middle Ages. Blah blah blah. But basically, yeah, it's the uh, it's the Hebrew Bible is okay. the Old Testament. Yep. There you go. It's interesting. There are whole books that are that are that were not accepted uh, for the Bible. Yes, you can you can dig up information about them, but they're loaded with you know supposed uh, you know important stuff. Well, there was the religion. There was an episode of the TV series Millennium that dealt with um, an alternate version of the Bible that was being followed, and I ah. forget the law. I'm a moron, but it, it is is based on what you're what you're saying. Where, where there are companion biblical stories that are not adhered to uh and so it's it, but yeah. it's, it's fascinating yeah you know? yeah i'm sure absolutely uh, but so fascinating that i completely forgot <laughs> <laughs> all right uh should we wrap up there yeah close up shop we have uh our buddy glenn howerton joining us uh at 10 o'clock so maybe we can take a break come back get into the b file and then talk to glenn i love it and see how he is doing so we will do that very thing let us return in just a moment with all of that stay put we will be gone for just a moment Teachers rock. 
and MMR feels they deserve special recognition. That's why Preston and Steve are looking for the coolest teacher at your high school. It's not a pop quiz, but we will need you to vote. Tune in at 615 when Preston and Steve select at random one area high school. Students from that school will have 24 hours to vote for their coolest teacher at PrestonandSteve.com. Preston and Steve's Coolest Teacher, weekdays at 615. Sponsored by Five Below. Hot stuff, cool prices. 93.3 WMMR. Class dismissed. All right, let's do Bizarre File, and then we got a guest joining us. Bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by CSB Media Arts Center. You can train for a career in broadcast media, web development, social media, marketing, and filmmaking at CSB Media Arts Center in Cherry Hill. GoCSB.com. That's GoCSB.com. We'll start with a tragic story. Get this out of the way. All right. Uh, But a toddler died after a boat ferrying more than 30 villagers across the Shire River in Malawi... Uh, was attacked by a hippopotamus, Whoa. causing it to overturn. Uh, the 23 passengers, uh, 23 of the boat's 37 passengers oh, were missing and feared dead in the water, which is infested with crocodiles and hippos. But more likely, people probably drowned. I mean, there was yeah. a river. Yeah. Uh, rescuers are continuing searching for the missing persons. Uh, da- it's dangerous to cross the river, and accidents are common. A spokesperson said it's too dangerous because the river is too shallow. And in this river, there are crocodiles that most of the time attack people. Hippopotamus uh, also cause incidents like the one we're dealing with. So well, We've pointed out many times that they kill more people in Africa than any other animal. So, yeah, apparently they uh, they will they can snap a canoe in half yeah. with their jaws if they need to. So this one attacked the canoe and, and people fell and it's uh, terrible. All right, a little uh, lighter nature story. Uh, the Deluc family had an unusual guest appear at their home. It was a moose. A moose? Yes. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? The family. So many moose stories. Motion camera alerted them that they had an unexpected visitor making a ruckus outside their house. I'm going in there and I'm going to make a ruckus. Uh, the Sherry Herschler said, uh, "We hosed her down with the help of the fire department." She, yeah. she was yeah. she was tranquilized and loaded into a truck. Uh, Mass Wildlife State Deer like flash dance. and moose biologist Martin Fian said the approximately two-year-old moose is recovering and is expected to be fine. Uh, he said she's doing pretty well. She did also have a pretty bad case of winter tick, which can be lethal. And she's pretty lethargic from it, uh, but will recover most likely. I mean, again, that's another animal that can murder your ass. Oh, yeah. A can of beer, a semi-automatic pistol, and a dune buggy were factors in a deadly confrontation in Florida on Friday. A Florida man allegedly threw a beer can as a dune buggy passed him, then fatally shot the driver after a confrontation. So the guy who threw the beer can shot the driver. Uh, the alleged That's shooter, bad cricket. Wallace Manon Kirkland, uh, was standing on the side of the road with his wife and their neighbor when another man drove by in a dune buggy. 
Kirkland either, quote, attempted to or did throw a beer can over the vehicle as it passed, leading to the confrontation between the driver and Kirkland. Have there been any exchange up to this point? Well, yeah, they have had exchanges They'd before. They had words. But after exiting his vehicle, the driver allegedly said, I'm going to kill you to okay. Kirkland. And followed through. Uh, no, no, no. Was, oh, this, the, is the, okay. this is the driver saying that. And when the two men were within four feet of each other, Kirkland allegedly pulled out the gun and shot the man in the chest with a Ruger. Uh, and uh, prompted the victim to say he couldn't believe Wallace Kirkland shot him. Witnesses uh, to the incident told authorities uh, they couldn't see any weapons in the victim's hand, and the affidavit noted that the victim was both outnumbered and physically smaller than Kirkland and his neighbor. Uh, the, victim, the victim attempted to run to his vehicle and drive away, but he lost consciousness and later died at a nearby hospital. Uh, based on multiple interviews by witnesses, it appeared that Mr. Kirkland and the victim had several verbal altercations in the past. Uh, have you ever been uh, on a dune buggy and ridden around on the dunes? Uh, I, I would love to. You have? I did it in uh, Pink Carl Sands uh, in Utah. I did I, years ago when I was a kid. It's dude, cool, isn't it? It was, it was awesome. And yeah. so we were following our guide, and our guide was not going slow. And I thought I <laughs> was going really fast, and right, I couldn't yeah. keep up with that guy. All right, one last story, and then our guest. The world's first vagina museum, mm. which was forced to close earlier this year, has located on a new, been relocated on a new premises. So, okay. But the London-based attraction must raise $85,000 by early June in order to secure the six-year lease on the new property. What's contained within the vagina museum? Uh, lots of vaginas. Okay. But can you imagine like the, yeah. what the uh, the doors must look like? Right, exactly. And the doorbell <laughs> as well. Uh, it it's is so far the doors. raised. It's hard to reach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get it, once you, you know get it, it. yeah. Uh, it's so far raised $43,000 with more than 32000 from the public and 11500 behind the scenes. I find if you reach your arm under that in against the wall, yeah. uh-huh. you okay. can find You'll get a good reaction. What happens then? Yeah, uh, then the, the museum. entire building shakes. <laughs> <laughs> So it does exist. The, yeah, the, it, it's there. You yeah. just have you just got to look for it. Uh, the museum says <laughs> that it is a now or never situation and fears permanent closure if the funds are not raised. Uh, Florence Schechter, the director of the, around the vagina museum of the vagina museum, said uh, this is crunch time. We have every faith that we will meet <laughs> crunch our fundraising time with the vagina goal, museum uh, within this time frame. So uh, last year they hosted uh, an exhibition called Muff Busters: <laughs> Vagina Myths and How to Fight Them. And they also had the uh, exhibition's periods, a brief history from A to V. Uh, and they asked uh, uh, if they could get some help with this. So uh, uh, It kind of sounds like they have a, a fun spirit. Dude, they were in Camden Market in London in 2019. When did we go there for the uh, for the Eagles game? 2018. Oh, we just I'm surprised the, the NFL Museum. hasn't linked up with the Vagina Museum. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's my last story in the Czar file for All right. Our next guest is on the line, and he looks ravishing. We can see him <laughs> via Zoom today, and I'm surprised he didn't stick with the hair, the haircut. No. But he has gone back to On Natural. Uh, the new movie is called Blackberry. Steve, you were raving about this I film. I loved this movie. It's in theaters now. We want to welcome the one and only Mr. Glenn Howerton yeah. to the show. What's Good, up, guys? Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Congratulations on Blackberry, Glenn. It is, uh, listen, this sits right in my wheelhouse. I would sit and watch the Steve Jobs keynote speeches live. I, I mean, I'm a tech geek, and this is a pivotal, 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 pivotal point in the history of tech and, uh, and tech nerdishness. And it's a story I was sort of unaware of. It's the beginning of the Blackberry and the people behind it. And it's a meteoric rise, 
and a precipitous fall, and and it's just amazing. Uh, well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's a it's a crazy, crazy, crazy story that weirdly in this world where I feel like we with these giant uh, tech companies, I feel like we kind of know the stories behind the people like the people behind them are often, um, I don't know, already mythologized and uh, and uh, have become brands of their own. Um, and with BlackBerry, I, I find that most people, including myself, d- didn't know anything about about the the company or how it came to be or you know no uh, and, I, and I, I i was very aware of, of 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 a lot of this i'd follow you know the the, the tech journals and I'd, I'd read up on these different uh, advances i when the original iphone came out i i got it the day it came out but uh what what the story focuses in on and in a way it's nostalgic because it all goes back to these nerdy guys who are really were the heroes and you play uh, a character and a real life man, Jim Balil. I hope I'm pronouncing that bad. Basile. Um, Balsily. Balsily. Okay, can't get that right. But uh, in a in a, and it's an interesting dynamic for your character uh, and for this real person. Uh, is that um, everything tells you to not like him? However, he is essential to facilitating technology the way we all have it today. So. Is is that something that impressed you immediately upon taking this character on? Yeah, I'm drawn to um, characters that are. Um, I guess I, I guess I'd <laughs> like the challenge of making a character who I think would normally be seen as unlikable, mm-hmm. and somehow make get you get the audience behind that character. Yeah, um, I, I just think that's a lot of fun uh, to watch. I think, and I do think that there is a difference between liking a character and rooting for a character. I think you can, and I think with Jim, although audiences seem to be actually getting to the point where they're, where they really do like the guy. And, but I think that that's only because you can understand why he does the things that he does. Um, And, and he's, he's right in terms of what he has to do in order to build the company out to what it becomes. If he hadn't done such outrageous things, um, then the company never would have become what what it became, um, and so I think you can get behind that a little bit, even though sometimes his methods are a little questionable. Exactly, but I think it's also fun. It's also fun watching people uh, do crazy, crazy things that you would never do uh, in your real life, as we've shown for many years on its own. That's so true. So th- th- you mentioned, you know, outrageous, crazy story. I have not seen the film yet. Steve has and, and has mentioned that as well without betraying too much or giving too much away. What, what are some of the outrageous things that, that we might not know about that took place that this is going to reveal? I mean, well, I, I don't think, want you to tell the whole story because we want to see it, but but I, I do want to get a taste of something that's like over the top. Well, there, there's there's what, what if I may jump in here, Glenn? There, there, you have these guys who are uh, so uh, Jim. Your character is is a is a is a Harvard educated. I assume that's uh, made mention of that, uh, and that he is uh, he's a Wheeler dealer. He's a Wolf of Wall Street type, and these guys are purely on the tech level. Press and they go out to a to a lunch. And uh, they're 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 geeky, uh, you know. There's uh, uh, um, Douglas and uh, Mike, uh, and they, these are the two guys, the two geniuses behind, you know, the tech. And he takes out his wallet to pay for the lunch, and it's a Ninja Turtles wallet. So, <laughs> so there's uh, you're dealing with guys wearing Doom shirts and all this stuff. Sure. And and there's these last minute 
tech saves. It, these two worlds that should not come together do. And and you, you you're dealing with uh, people who are used to uh, playing video games with you, who's a straight ahead, get the business done kind of thing. There's not and like it's not Animal House, but the way it progresses is it almost has that feel, correct? Yeah, that's that's an interesting comparison. Um, uh, just to give you another example, though, um, Preston, of something crazy that they that they really did. Um, was they were having trouble they they had a limit they had what what's called a network limit load so they could only put 500,000 phones on Verizon's network at at one time uh without essentially you know like destroying the network mm-hmm. and that but they but they needed they were they were in the middle of a possible hostile st- hostile takeover from Palm Pilot so so Jim Balsley had to go out and sell more fun uh phones in order to boost the stock price of the product, yet he was doing that knowing that he was uh, going to, yeah, you know, overextend Verizon's network to to, to to decimate it. Yes, and 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 so in order to solve that problem, um, the tech guys had to actually hack Verizon's towers. Uh, they, they they figured out a solve for the problem, but they knew Verizon wasn't going to go for it, right. so they, they hacked their towers. In order to make it work, and then Jim was able to get uh, upwards of I think two million phones going at the same time. Wow! I mean, that's so basically it'd be, it'd be like inventing the iPhone, selling them, and not knowing how to make it work. Well, it's like you fake it till you make it thing. That's and, basically and then we'll worry about that later. Outlandish hubris, and and a lot yes. of times that doesn't pay off. But every now and then it they did. Get, they get lucky. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. But it, it's 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 things like that. And there's there's a you know, things like that throughout the movie that you see that create a tremendous amount of tension. I mean, one of the things I love about the film uh that I that I really was drawn to about it is like it feels like a thriller. Uh it's a drama, it's a thriller, but it's also funny. It's very much like uh there's a movie called The The Pirates of Silicon Valley, which is the story of Bill Gates and, and Steve Jobs, and it was a uh, uh, you know, it was a made, I mean, I think a made for TV thing, but uh, anything like that, or the social network, or a, any of these sort of uh, foundational, you know, tech, the early days of the the, the, the uh, Aaron Sorkin, Steve Jobs movie. Uh, it, yeah. It's a peek behind those people that changed the world, and it's fascinating to watch it. Yeah. I agree. Glenn, so it stars you and then uh, Jay Baruchel and Matt Johnson. And Matt wrote and directed the movie as well. And I saw a couple of interviews where Jay was just speaking really glowingly about Matt Johnson and, and wanting to work with him for a while. Um, I didn't know about him until this movie came out. Um, had you known about Matt Johnson before? Had you ever worked with him? And, and uh, what was your experience like with him as the writer, director, and, and co-star? Uh, he was terrific. Uh, I had never heard of Matt uh, prior to this. Um, I think... You know he's uh, he's very proudly uh, been working on Canadian projects in Canada for many years. Although, you know, his first movie that he made was a movie called The Dirties, and it went to I think it went to Slamdance, possibly Sundance, but definitely Slamdance. And then his second movie, Operation Avalanche, was at Sundance. So, you know, he's definitely expanded outside of outside of Canada, but he's really well known within Canada and uh, especially amongst comedy people. He's mostly also known for comedy. He's hilarious. Um, And he did, you know, I, so after having read the script, I was, I was so impressed with the script. And then uh, I watched uh, his other movies and was just blown away at what he was able to achieve on a micro budget with, you know, almost no resources, total DIY guerrilla filmmaking style stuff. 
Um, and then he did this show called Nirvana the Band the Show. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which uh, a lot of people in the United States have never heard of, uh, but it was a it was a big cult show in Canada, much the same way the first couple seasons of Sunny were. And there and when I watched that, I could tell I was like, oh, he and I have the same sensibility here. We have the same idea of what's funny and what you know and 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 the show yeah so i was just i was so impressed with him and then in speaking to him he was just clearly a highly highly intelligent person who knew what he wanted and oh this and this- was the script is so precise, and there's so many references. It's so rich, and I mean, I love, I, I love a well scripted, well paced movie like this uh, with lots of laughs um, that are organic, that are not forced. And there are other actors that pop up. Um, Jay Parishel obviously is in it, as uh, Nick, uh, I think, believe mentioned um, to see Gary, Carrie Elway's. And Michael mm-hmm. Ironside, yeah. and an yeah. actor I love, Saul Rubinek, who's been in a, oh, a number yeah. of things, all really great character actors, really batting it out of the park. Um, but the, just the look of the film and the music of the time, uh, it begins with a uh, 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 Arthur C. Clarke talking about the way the technology is going to be going. And Preston, the music that we were playing at Y100 and yeah. all, all that sort of stuff is is throughout it. It just has a, a great feel. Um the movie's getting incredible reviews. Uh, it's uh, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So um, that's obviously you get involved in a project like this and we remember you with your, your haircut and everything, uh, you know, for this role. Uh, it, it it has to hit you. I mean, you, you invest the time. You know it's going to be good. But you don't always fully know it's going to be good. It, it's got to be really um, a sigh of relief at this point, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a risk for sure. Um but, you know, you do as best you can to mitigate against that risk. Um, you can tell, I mean, I, I certainly feel like I can tell when a script is good, when it's working, when it's cooking, when the person that I'm working with is somebody that I can, where I can trust their taste. Um, you know, so you feel a little bit more comfortable taking risks on set as an actor, doing crazy things and trusting that if they don't work, the, the, the director is not going to be stupid and put them in. Um, you know, so that you, but, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you never know. You never yeah. know if something's going to turn out. And also, you can make something really great, and it gets widely ignored. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this movie has, I mean, I think, like, a, almost 130 reviews. Yeah, and it's that. it's still at 98%. And it's still at 98%. <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. He did it. It's something right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, Glenn, you just said something I, I never thought of that that an actor's concern might be is that as a director or or a scene is getting you're you're doing several takes and you're trying different things and and you kind of branch out and go a little bit in in a direction that might be different for a different take, not realizing that it was bad and they might actually keep that in the movie I've or or show I've never even considered that and that might be why some actor might go um I'm not going to do that right yeah. you know I, I don't want to end up looking like a yeah. jerk yeah. No, that's a lot of actors, um, you know, they get burned really bad one once or twice by a director who asks them to do something that they feel like is stupid or silly. And everything in, in their instinct is like, that doesn't feel right. And the director's like, look, let me just give me one. You've I've, you've given me five the way that you want to do it. Just give me one. You know, if it doesn't work, I promise I won't use it. You know, and then the actor does that and makes himself look like a jackass, at least in his eyes. Yeah. Like, 
And then the direct, that's the take that the director uses. And, and by the way, the director may be right. The, the actor may be wrong, but the actor, if the actor thinks that he looks like a jackass, then, <laughs> you know, he's never going to do that again for, right? another, for another director, which yeah. is sad. It's funny to hear somebody who's on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia worry about being a jackass. <laughs> um, Glenn, you and I are about the same age. I, I consider uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade to be two of the best movies of all time. And there are a lot of Raiders nods in Blackberry. Um, was that, uh, did you notice it when you read the script? And, and what did you think of that when, when you guys were actually filming it? Yeah, there are a lot of references uh, uh, in the in the movie to to a lot of different things. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely picked up on it. I didn't uh, obviously because it was in the script. I don't think it was written this way in the script. But the way he shot that final scene, which I don't want to give away what's happening, but um, you're in a warehouse and it's it's very clearly a, a really beautiful nod to the final warehouse scene in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, and also just really cool that we were able to use those clips from the movies uh, in in our film, which is pretty crazy. Well, yeah. a, the, the opening, there's an opening montage of all sorts of, of, of telecommunications scenes and phone scenes and, you know, uh, from movies and pop culture. And it's it's really just in general, it's, it's sort of a love letter to pop culture based around tech. But again, when a movie is scripted and it can make you you're, you're, you're tense and, and you're watching and how's this going to work out and even though you know how it works out um, that's that's a sign of a really competent directing, script writing, acting so you know if you compare and contrast you and, and your role on Sonny again th- th- though you're there's no element of humor here with you in, in the way you are responding to things and the way that you're juggling things it can't help but make the audience I think smile because when someone is myopic and as as focused as he is, um, you know, we have to say in our lives, do we, we sometimes we don't like people like that, but sometimes you need people like that to, to make you say, stop this nonsense. Here's how you're going to get what you want to achieve. And so uh, finding yeah. that exact tone that was a bit different from It's Always Sunny, did that take a lot of time or did you immediately click it? Well, it was it was really on the page. I mean, it was really in the script. I took all my cues from from the script. Um, and in talking to Matt, we knew we wanted there to be um, a sort of a massive dichotomy between the culture of the tech guys and the culture that Jim came from, that my character came from. Two completely different cultures that complement each other insofar as you need the tech in order for, to have something for a guy like Jim to sell. Otherwise, it doesn't work, obviously. Um but I think, you know, like you said, the, the movie really is a, a love letter to that time period, but it's also a love letter to, and, and, and what I think the movie captures so well is that that geek culture yeah. that gave rise to and continues to give rise to the most innovative technologies in the world. You know, that the fact that the only reason anyone was interested in the cell phone the way that they were interested in it was because of the you know, those things that they had in Star Trek, like... Yeah, it, communicators. It, yeah. 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 There's a scene where they where they're put, they have to, in, in 24 hours, put together a demo that they're going to show the folks at Verizon. They're going to show, you know, they, mm-hmm. okay, a model, right? So they go to the toy store and they're uh, pulling pieces off of a CNC uh, and they're doing all these things and sort of vulcanizing and, you know, and just jamming them together and get a working model. And they do that in a day. 
less than a day, and there they are in front of this boardroom uh, the next day. But it's those are the moments. I think of that classic picture of where the first, quote-unquote, Apple computer was built in a garage. And that, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm massively impressed by that vision. And, you know, there but for their genius, we would not have the conveniences that we have today. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and apparently, and I didn't know this, but Mike Lazaridis, uh, which is Jay Baruchel's character, who is the real big brains behind uh, Black the BlackBerry phone, um, I think that I feel like I heard Matt say that he also invented. Um, I, I don't know. You guys fact check me on this, please. <laughs> I think he also invented predictive text. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he really was. You know, he was a he was a programmer at heart. He was uh, an engineer um and uh and a, and a brilliant brilliant guy and you know a lot of those guys their influences came from you know the the sci-fi movies that yeah. they grew up watching and the sci-fi shows that they grew up watching and the video games that they played we always ask that question is is what we're seeing a result of of people uh, do we read science fiction based on what the tech people are suggesting might be or are the tech people following what they've read in science fiction because it, there seems to be it's, it's often too close. And you look at all the things that came off of the Star Trek series, the original, like the communicator and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, we had this discussion with my wife the other day. I said there was a time when I thought, how in the hell are they going to be able to know exactly where you are and give you directions second to second in your car? How's that going to happen? And and then it happened. So and th- there's a lot of that thinking, like as you said before, uh, during the hostile takeover when they they are forced to figure out how to allow that many more users to be on at the same time, and they do it. It's like it's uh, it's it's Apollo thirteen and and that same you know the, the NASA lead up and how we got to the moon. It's all that same sort of spirit in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you picked up on all that. Like, yeah. um, I think that's why people are responding to it. I think it's it's an exciting exciting movie to to watch, um, and I think. Uh, what sets it apart in some ways uh, from other movies like it is is the tone, which yeah. is it's not all those things, but then it is also funny. Right. Yeah, that's perfect. Speaking of funny, 16th season of uh, Sunny <laughs> coming up on June 7th. Um, we've seen some pictures here and there. Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul coming yeah. up this season. Did you know them, either one of them at all, before uh, filming with them on the show? Yeah, uh, Aaron and I have been friends for for a long, long time, many, many years. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about trying to get him on the show. He's he's also been a fan of the show for a long time. So we've been talking about trying to get Aaron on. And we, we actually almost had him on. Uh, I can't remember what season it was, uh, but there was he was supposed to play. He was actually originally going to play Country Mac. But it was when he was he was doing that. I don't. He was doing like that Need for Speed movie. Yes. Or something. Yeah. You know what, man? We were supposed to have him in studio to promote that movie, and we got blasted with a snowstorm. I'm so bummed because I yeah. just I, I've watched Breaking Bad uh, and Better Call Saul and El Camino five times all the way through. I, I'm just such a huge fan of his. Um, can you tell him I said hi? <laughs> yes, I would tell him he said hi. Uh, he's also he's also just the loveliest dude. Man. I believe it. Like, just the sweetest, sweetest dude in real life. It's 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 crazy. I, I adore him. Uh, lots of uh, cameo appearances, not necessarily cameos, but uh, you know some stars that uh, that will recognize through the season or uh, those two of the biggies. <laughs> Chase, you Utley, know what's right? Funny? 
I can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chase, Chase is. Uh, yeah, Chase is doing thing uh, with us. Um, it's so funny. I can never remember. <laughs> Dude, we can't do remember what we did at seven o'clock this morning. We're not. Don't we're not worry. Yeah, we're, we're not kidding. Yeah, I, I know exactly. Yeah, what you're talking we completely about. forget, so don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, good, good, good. I'm like, I'm like, who's Bill? Who's on? <laughs> hey, we only I, shot it a couple months ago, but I can't remember. I, I did want to see if have you been to a Wrexham game yet? Have you had that opportunity uh, to to go over and see the team play live? Yeah, we did about about a month ago, almost exactly a month ago. We were over there. We did a couple of live shows. Dude, this was crazy. I mean, we did two, uh, 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 two shows at Royal Albert Hall in London. That's right. Uh, the, oh, the, the, the podcast? podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Always Sunny Podcast Live, yep. um, which we've done, a, we've done a couple of these. Well, we did a couple in Philly, yep. as mm-hmm. you know. And that was really the only time, other time we'd done it. Then we, then we played Royal Albert Hall, and then we played uh, in Dublin at the O. Two arena? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. No, O2's in. Oh, That's yeah. in England. That's in England. Yeah. yeah I'm not oh, sure. What's the, it's an O3 arena? <laughs> sure. It's one of those O's. That, in Europe, Swear. it always has to start with an O. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but it's uh, but it's like a 9,000 seat uh, venue. It's huge. It's wow. the biggest venue we've ever played um, by, by far. And it was an absolute blast. Anyway, while we were over there, uh, we were also uh, shooting some content for our whiskey brand, Four Walls, which, you know, is going to be hopefully out wide and in Philly, hopefully by September, I think. We're going to have Four Walls and on shelves in Philly. Awesome. But uh, we were doing some stuff over there. And then while we were over there, well, luckily, Wrexham had a couple games, and um, we got to watch one match. We were supposed to go to one match in London, but the owner of the London uh, but uh <laughs> We, but we ended up going to the Wrexham game in Wrexham, um, and uh, it was wild. Super yeah. weird to hear an entire stadium of people singing your buddy's name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, are they singing the song that Ryan wrote for him? No, they weren't singing that. They were singing. There's this, like, t- tune that they've come up with where uh, it's like, bring on the Deadpool and Rob McElhenney. <laughs> you know, I love this, that. Rousing, this rousing uh, song about how Deadpool and, and Rob McElhenney have come in to save their town. <laughs> oh my That's God. true. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the reality show is terrific as well. You know, seeing all that, seeing the way the town is responded basically brought back from you know the depths and uh just just ignited it's amazing to watch it yeah it's an awesome awesome show it's so it's so good it's so so entertaining and so heartwarming and such an incredible story and I don't know, man. It, it's been, and then the fact that they actually won the league this year <laughs> I mean, and yeah. pulled it off is just. Yeah, I mean it's wild, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm blown away. I think the show's fantastic, and and they are they're just the heroes of that town. It's just, yeah. uh, it's crazy <laughs> that they're that they are, are are coming through. It's it's just, I'm blown away. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's you would if you were to tell this story uh, uh, to someone, they would not believe it. But no, it is a real. Because it seemed yeah. like you know a yeah. couple of guys just said, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, sure, we'll invest in that. Why yeah. not? Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens, and it's happening. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Wow. All right, well, listen, Glenn, it's happening for you as well. Congrats on the advance word on this, and we'll we'll spread the word to get people out to make sure that they know that Blackberry is in theaters now and that it's a great movie. It's funny. It's intense. It's 
It's a, a wild story. I, I love this movie. I, I'm going to watch it again, and I'm going to predict there may be there's going to be some sort of consideration award wise for you, sir, because you are amazing in this movie. It is phenomenal. Oh man, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I've uh, the words have all eluded me thus far. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, just stay modest and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're the yeah, Wrexham yeah. of actors. <laughs> <laughs> this is your year. Nice. Yes, I'm going to win the league this year. <laughs> all right, we love you, Glenn. Thanks for joining yeah. us, man. Love you guys too. All thank right, you. Take so care, much. Glenn. Help. I can't wait to see this. I geek out on stuff like this, but it is again when you um, when you see and it's funny. I mean, there are so many just um, you know just throwaway gags that are 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 organic to the people in the movie mm-hmm. and um, everything from um, you know the classic things of the guys who are not taking everything too seriously, but they they really know their tech and they're trying to meld with. Button down business people. Yeah. So these button down business people are saying these guys are onto something, but they're they're not sincere. They're they're not you know they they don't get what they're capable of. Yeah. And seeing that happen, think about you know Preston over the years the different tech we've had. It's amazing. You know? Excellent. All right. Well, it's called BlackBerry. It's out now. It's almost ten thirty, and that was our bizarre file break. <laughs> what? We got to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Stay with us. What's going on in the world of rock? You'll find it at WMMR.com, your one-stop outlet for all the rock news you need to know. WMMR.com, where FOMO goes to die. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Winning Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Window Nation, you feeling the heat, mm, are you? High temps aren't the only thing that are getting you hot under the collar. Wait till you see those energy bills. The solution, call my friends at Window Nation for new energy-efficient windows. And right now you get 50% off any style window. Bows, bays, double hung, sliders, 50% off. Plus zero down, zero payments, and 0% interest for 24 months. And this week only, you can receive an additional 10% off. 866-90NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them we sent you. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, so, Silesianium, Silesianium, Silesianum, Silesianum. I, I keep hearing, you remember that movie Elysium? Yes. yes. That's what I keep hearing. All right. Uh, I just keep thinking of Glappy. 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 <laughs> yes. Somebody wrote, uh, don't worry, be Glappy. <laughs> um, all right. So, anyhow, Sally's. Yes. Uh, in Wilmington, you guys are voting for coolest teacher. All right. All right. And I'm sorry I've butchered the name of your school <clears throat> many times over and over today. I'm a little out of it today. I'm way out of it. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what's, what I, the story I, is. I, but. I, I can feel the baby kicking. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, oh. Kathy's out sick, so maybe there's something floating around here. Who the hell knows? Yeah, I'm just stupid. Uh, but uh, yeah. if you go to Sally's text word teacher to 39333, you get to vote. 
for coolest teacher. We had uh, Melissa Murphy from uh, Northern Burlington High School as our first winner this year. And we'll find out who is the next one tomorrow. And it continues on and on and on. All right, we're going to do the lesson question today. We are going to give away a pair of tickets to the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. Festival. See, I can't even say that. <laughs> we're just coming up June 3rd and 4th at Field. The question is this morning... What kind of hole has little egg thingies? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to that. Uh, what kind of hole has little egg thingies? 215-263-WMMR. If you know the answer, call right now. The trash business is a goldmine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by Dilling HVAC for a limited time. Dilling will tune up your AC system for just $59 and offer no payments for 12 months and a new system install. So book now at D-I-L-L-I-N-G. HVAC.com. Steve, what's going on this morning? Well, Johnny Depp is being paid $20 million to be the spokesman for Dior's Sauvage Cologne. Dior says they're working with Depp to open his mouth wider so people don't think he's selling sausage. (laughs) (laughs) It premiered in 2007, and now Hulu has released a teaser for the latest season of The Kardashians. To quote the teaser, if you thought you knew everything about The Kardashians, you have been right for 22 years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and finally, actress Sydney Sweeney calling her experience filming anyone but you in Australia the best professional experience of her life. Sweeney says she and co-star Glenn Powell really hit it off once they realized they both enjoyed her sitting on his face. Wow. Heidi, <laughs> we are looking for an answer to this question, which is what kind of hole has little egg thingies? 215-263-WMMR. And we will go to Ryan to see if we can get the answer. Hey, Ryan, morning. Good morning. All right, Ryan, what kind of hole has little egg thingies? It's the fuzzy hole. Fuzzy. Now, Preston and Steve's music news. Now we're getting right into music news. No, Hang we're on, not. Ryan. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. Stop it. Uh, yeah. Actually, yes, uh, I need to tell him what he wants. So we're going to give Ryan uh, some tickets. We're going to give him uh, two, I believe. Two. Uh, to yeah, pair uh, to the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival, June third and fourth at Bader Field. There we go. Presented by Ocean Casino <laughs> Resort. <laughs> A little late. Featuring over 100 breweries, pouring 400 beers. Dropkick Murphy's performing on June third and 311 on June fourth. Visit acbeerfest.com for tickets. All right, now we can do this. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by Mulchworks. Mulchworks of Aston offers the highest quality mulch and top soil is manufactured on site. And they also have leaf compost, decorative stone, pavers, and more. Delivery or pickup for residential and commercial markets. You can visit mulchthis.com. Foo Fighters have just dropped Under You, the second lyric video from their 11th studio album, But Here We Are, set for release on June 2nd. We played it yesterday. I like it. And it's a good, catchy Foo Fighters song. Uh, but they've announced a new streaming event, which is set for Sunday, May 21st. So uh, this month, Sunday, uh, you can tune in for a free global streaming event, they say in the announcement, featuring uh, debut performances of new songs, behind-the-scenes footage, and a few surprises. Ooh. So the streaming... Will be three o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, exclusively on Veeps. 
which I'm not familiar with Veeps, Mm-mm. but if you're a diehard fan, I'm sure you can dig around and find what they are talking about. V-E-E-P-S is how that's spelled, but that's on Sunday. And then only one other quick thing, and that's it. Weezer provided entertainment to writers on strike picketing outside of Paramount Pictures. And according to TMZ, the band played some of their biggest hits, including Beverly Hills and Bailey Holly. We actually have a couple of clips yes. uh, from their performances. So let's see what that... And is it... Is it uh, cell phone footage or is it okay? It, it's cell phone. All yeah. right, here we go. Look at all those movie stars. Almost like being there. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know uh, they're getting some really good concerts. These writers. Here's uh, Buddy Holly. That truck is. That's from that, right? It's not. Yeah. No truck driving by the front of the building. Okay. <laughs> It's nice that they're doing that. Yeah, it's really cool of them to do that. So, uh, and it's yeah. also a smart move if you get in good with the writers. Let's say you have a project coming down the road, right? Write you into remember who wrote your friggin' who gave you a concert yeah. for free. Remember yep. that guy Shappy Shappy's pretzels? Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, LA guy. Yeah, we interviewed him. He was giving out pretzels oh, at in the um, LA. Grammys. Yes, yeah, yeah, or at the Academy Awards. He was there too. Oh, no way. handing out pretzels. Oh, that's and Stopping awesome. by oh. all the things. He's saying the sweater song. Good yeah. for him. That's cool. That's a, that's a good idea that he's uh, offering Feeding that up, up to yeah. him. Yeah. All right. And there you go. That's uh, last item up in music news for you. Let's give some beer away. Uh, I got a case of Victory Motel Paloma. Uh, we'll take caller number 13-215-263-WMMR. You got to try Victory Brewing's Motel Paloma. It's the beer for the summer. Grapefruits, blood orange, uh, tangy lime. Super crushable and out now. Victory's Motel Paloma. And you know what? You can find that at your local Acme store because they have it on display and it says Preston and Steve Beer of the Month all over it. Dude, that's awesome. Dude. Well, I love that. Yes. I need to try this because I uh, it was only a couple of years ago that I discovered the Paloma Ooh, and yeah. I absolutely love that cocktail. So I think I would like this beer. It's a good one. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll wrap it up. Stay with us, my friend. 93.3 WMMR proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon Bridge to the Beach, celebrating 51 years of riding for a world without cancer. Hey, it's Marcus. Join me and Team WMMR on Sunday, June 11th for this family-friendly ride to save lives. All Team WMMR riders can now access group pricing for Team WMMR jerseys and other great cycling apparel from Volet and their Made in America. The first 50 team members that hit their fun Fundraising goal will get $50 towards their purchase thanks to our great sponsor, Tamman Inc., because everybody has the right to access information. Register to ride with Team WMMR. Get complete details at WMMR.com or text BIKE to 39333 for a link to the info. The ACS Bikeathon and 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. 
That band is called Jelly Roll on 93.3 WMMR. It's everything that rocks. Cool song called uh, Need a Favor. It's funny because we knew members of the, the local band Jelly Roll. Yes. Around here uh, for ages. And, uh, and then there's this band, Jelly Roll. Which is kind of weird. I and often Matt, get confused. And Matt Court is walking into our studio. Hi, Let's Matt. Let's give you a lesson on how to pronounce his high school. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Silesianum. No. Silesianum. 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 Yeah. And they refer to guys that go there as Sally's Boys. Sally's Boys. Yeah. Is oh, it all, he's a Sally's Boy. All right. Is it an all-guys school? All guys. Okay. Wilmington, Delaware. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Silesianum. Silesianum. Dante you... DiVincenzo went there. He's a oh, he NBA player. Okay. And so did uh, Charlie uh, McDermott. McDermott, who used to be on. He went there? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Actor as well. Oh, and there's a reporter for Channel 10. Um, he does all, like, the fun stuff. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Tim Don, Furlong? Don Pollock? Tim Furlong. Oh, Tim, Tim Furlong. Tim yeah. Furlong. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don nice. Pollock was uh, 6ABC. Yeah. No. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, forever. I thought he was on NBC. Nope. Okay. But it's hard to say. I don't even know how to say the name of the damn school, so don't, don't look to me. It's really it. hard to say. Yeah, it's it weird. is. It looks odd. Yeah. And then we'd like have to go to like houses and sell candy bars, and you'd be like, hey, we're selling candy bars for Salesiana. Is that a disease? What is that? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's yeah. a high school, all boys Catholic. Wow. Right. You know who else went there, Matt? It was uh, Miguel Bezos, Jeff Jeffrey Bezos' father. Uh, is an alumni of uh, a Sally. Well, How about that? Yeah. Gee. Sally? Uh, Sally. Wasn't in my class. Nope. <laughs> class of 63. Well, uh, you're still a, no- lo- a notable on yeah. that roster. Is Matt listed there? Uh, no. Oh, son oh, of a on. bitch. They never give any props to radio people on these yeah. things. I know, right? Uh, low end of the totem pole. But I, I don't, like, donate or help out. No, well, that uh, really helps. That you might help, too. Yeah. There is a statue yeah. of you, though. There. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In what a Sally. We used to have Jug. Detention. I got that all the time. Yeah, justice under God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real you go in on Saturday. Under God. That's what they call you know that. I got it, Brian. I'm on the air. Oh, go yeah. do the show. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Matt Cord. Yeah, my son can give you all sorts of uh, lessons on what jug is. On jug. Yeah. Oh. But that justice lends itself to to boob. It, it sure does. The jugs. It's like cans. It was called knockers. Uh, it was called ISS uh, when I was in school. In school suspension. Oh, oh well, as opposed to we call it detention. It's different. Yeah, the detention is after school. Uh, in school suspension is during. School. Yes, during classes. Yeah, during Correct. classes. But what's uh, jug? But jug is after school. It's detention after. Oh, so school. So it's detention after school. I, yeah, I gotcha. Nice, Pierre. Did you ever get detention? Um, yeah, I got in a lot of trouble. Oh, did you? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, in grade school, we were always troublemakers, and we had a former army. Um, Colonel, who was our uh, seventh grade teacher, Mr. Jarrett, and um, he would make us write the Constitution. As a punishment? Really? Which I can see from my window. (laughs) (laughs) um, Sergeant Riley. (laughs) uh, But he also would make us write the Declaration of Independence. Uh, And and then he would famously stand up and, and give us a lecture, particularly to me and my friend Bob, but he, he never quite got my last name right. He'd go, Rubber. <laughs> Rubber. When are you going to grow up, Rubber? Tomorrow? <laughs> Dramatic pause. Tomorrow's never come, Rubber. <laughs> wow. Um, so I Rubber never really did quite grow up. <laughs> right. Uh, and, um, but Mr. Jarrett, God bless him, uh, made us uh, do the Constitution. 
and the Declaration of Independence after, you know, and then one time a friend of mine was making spitballs and he made him make spitballs in front of the class for the, for an hour. I just remembered that. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that was usually an interesting punishment when they made you continue to do whatever it was right. you were doing wrong. Right. I saw you to, pleasuring yourself. To excess. You do that yeah. for the whole show. <laughs> you do the next oh. six hours of spanking it. <laughs> now, how do you like it? I like it a lot. All right. Sore. All right, we got to move on. Uh, okay, right, we've Santa. been told to move along. Here we go. You ready for the letter of the day? Yo. All right. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. H as in happy. Ooh. All right, and we right. are going to give away the prize tomorrow. Happy to do it. We will have a pair of tickets and meet and greet passes for Rival Sons. Uh, their show is Saturday, June third at Franklin Music Hall. It's presented by MMR, and the show also features the record company. Another nice Star Catcher as well, Star Crawler. Sorry, uh, tickets are on sale now via AXS.com, and a second chance to win tickets and meet and greet uh, passes are on the contest page WMMR.com. So check that out. What's going on on the show today? Well, another pair of passes for the Revivalist for our MMR archive session next week, and. <clears throat> Workforce blocks for Chris Cornell. Uh, he we lost him six years ago today. Uh, Green Day, and for Mark Mother's Bow's birthday, oh. a block of Devo. Nice. Yes, I love love Devo. Love Devo. Excellent. I want to thank our sponsors. President Steve Show is brought to you today by Duncan. The President Steve Show runs on Duncan, and tomorrow on our program, it's no sad bro Friday. Uh, Joe Dombrowski, comedian, will be in our studio tomorrow. And apparently Bill Weston is off, so we can do anything Yay! we want to do. Right? So that's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding expectations, simplifying lives, and establishing legacies that last for generations. Leverage their exclusive network of experts to help achieve your personal and professional financial goals. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect to a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. 